What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe. On today's episode, we had Tom Schowler on the show, a black belt under Pedro Bessa at Sweatbox based in Bristol. He is sponsored by Tatami and Trojan Nutrition. Tom has competed on both the international and national circuits alongside helping to run the Bristol Open competition based here in the UK. Tom has been coaching for close to a decade. Tom is also a prolific jiu-jitsu practitioner and a supporter of the Terrori Kids Project based in Brazil, but also has a degree in sports coaching. In this episode, we talked about belt promotions, being heavier for BJJ, draining hard with intensity, and GoFundMe pages, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in, and of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on notifications. Thank you for watching and listening. Let's get into this episode. Oos. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, obviously uh, we are on to episode five, six, five, six. I'm going to get confused all the time. I think it's episode six. six I think. Yeah, episode six. Uh, thanks obviously for tuning in. Uh, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast. Uh, I run the BDL Nutrition Consultancy, making sure jiu-jitsu athletes are performing to their best with the right nutrition and not doing anything silly with their weight cuts. Uh, today we have our next guest, Tom. Hi. Uh, Tom is a fantastic black belt underneath Pedro Bessa. Uh, I'm going to steal that from his intro quickly before he actually explains it a bit more. But Tom, um, do you want to quickly get introduced yourself and kind of, I don't know, yeah. what you've done so far today? I am a black belt under Pedro Bessa, teaching at Sweatbox in Bristol. Uh, I've taught and trained Jiu-Jitsu for the last 12 years. Well, I started teaching about two years into so about the last 10 years. Uh, for the last five years, full-time at Sweatbox. Bar, so the, the event two, that lasted two years, <laughs> they stopped me from teaching Jiu-Jitsu. But um, yes, full, my full-time job now, I've competed all the way through at the, all the belts, both local and international level. Yeah, I've been in jiu-jitsu full-time for yeah, five years now. Nice, so. man. Um, obviously, you've been, well, as you mentioned, I think, obviously, earlier on, you went straight into this as, like, this is what we're doing type of thing, which is really yeah, quite Yeah, cool. I went straight into, I started training jiu-jitsu just after I left university. At that point, it was just, one of my friends said, try a new hobby. That was all it was. <laughs> and then, I, th I didn't think I'd like it, and I really did. And I was like... I think it's the first thing I'd ever really done, maybe apart from a bit of boxing at university, where it was real and legit, and like, yeah. you'd actually do it. Like, I did boxing, and that was obviously very real and legit, but you can't really spar properly, no. you know, like, unless you want to not be able to talk properly. <laughs> like, you can't just do it really hard. So, like, jiu-jitsu was like, oh, we can go, like, really, really hard, and just happen, but like, oh, that was, it's all good, you know, yeah. like, and I was kind of blew my mind a bit, so, yeah. There's a good little point. What, what, what made you think you wouldn't get on with jiu-jitsu then? I just think that, like, I always thought that grappling was, like, that early days of MMA thing of, like, short, stocky dudes with, like, who are, like, super muscular. <laughs> like, and the more that I just wasn't built for it, you know, at all, you know, like, yeah. I'm probably not built for, like, wrestling, you know. So, like, I just kind of thought it wasn't going to... I didn't, I didn't think I wouldn't like it. I just thought that it wouldn't... I was, like, at that point, I was 24. I was playing football all the time. Yeah. You know, kind of runner's build. I was, like, I'm just not going to be, like, a big enough dude to any good at that and, yeah. and i wasn't to be fair at the start i was really light for my height and i was like but over time you get stronger and yeah, yeah less for issues but oh, fair enough so was there sort of a tipping point was it a few lessons in or a couple of weeks in i, think I just did the first class and was like this is ridiculous it's amazing like, <laughs> like i also it was really hard so i knew it was like i think as well i got driven so like it was skill based wise i just didn't have a clue yeah. i couldn't do any of it and i was like terrible at everything it's so. definitely i know from my personal experience as well the fact that doing these first few classes you realize that however much it comes from this world which can be seen from the outside like super aggressive like this is mm. like physical like you can be handling everyone type of things so then really realizing like probably halfway through that 
oh wow this is actually a chess match at the same time yeah i think i was super ignorant ignorant to the fact that it's like really really skillful yeah i obviously knew there's a huge amount of skill in it like say i used to i was when i was at university i used to watch loads of mma with my friends and yeah the, like the gsp era i obviously knew <laughs> that it was super skillful but i kind of figured that i don't know in my head maybe that it was like a sport that if you were really big and strong yeah then it was easy you know like whereas if you're not really big and strong then you don't have a chance and like mm. me and my mates at uni used to like there was a there was a room at the a Hartbury College where you could just like almost like a gym room yeah and when they had mats in there we used to just go and like try and grapple <laughs> but like obviously we, none of us knew anything we only watched UFC <laughs> so we were just all live like piling on each other like you do when you're kids you know so yeah. it was kind of it was, it was kind of mind-blowing to me to see the thing that I thought I knew what it was yeah then how like a tiny detail mm-hmm. can make a huge difference in it and like yeah. Yeah, it's still something that, like, I think I take for granted a little bit, like, when training with someone like Pedro, is like, uh, someone comes to another gym, they go, oh, like, you do that so well. I'm like, well, that's just basics, isn't it? And they're, like, they're like, no, not really. Like, they're like high-level basics, you know? Yeah. Like, the, the basics go up and up and up, depending yeah. on who you train with. So. Definitely. I definitely, obviously, as I got my recent promotion, it came to the point of, like, okay, cool, things haven't just got easier. It's, no. just the same, it's the same level, exactly but more than yeah. exactly You get a new belt, and people go, like, you know, there's an initial thought of, like, I've got like, some new powers now. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, like a new unlock on, like, skill tree. It's like, nope, you're nope. the same. Exactly. Like, <laughs> still have all the confusion of going, where do I go with this type of thing? I'll, I'll be honest, I'm probably on a, a single leg, a single leg X route at the moment type of thing. And then everyone's there, like, well, don't just focus on that. It's like the Jocko Willing thing, isn't it? Like, New Year, like, New Year, same old shit, me. <laughs> like, you're not any better. You're like, I don't believe in New Year, new me. It's just like, and maybe a chance to refocus your mind, but yeah. nothing changes. Nothing Same with belts, changes. you know, like you get a big target on your back and then yeah, people want to fill you in more. <laughs> I get all the white belts chasing down at me at the moment. Yeah. Who are looking at me like, oh, you've got your blue belt out yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, here we go. The only thing <laughs> I think maybe a belt does give you, it does give you a kick up the ass. Yeah. You know, you get a new belt and you, you know, if you're a white belt and you know, there's a white, another white belt taps you out a bit, mm. you got that blue belt, you're like, I'm not letting you tap me out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Never tap me again. And that's a trap that people fall into. They get their blue belt, say, or they get the purple belt. More with the lower belts. And then, like, there's you and your blue belt, and you've got your mate in the blue belt, and he taps you, you tap him. And then the moment they get that purple, they're like, well, if he ever taps me again, I'm like, I don't deserve my purple belt. And you go, it doesn't work like that. That's just not how it works. Like, you know, maybe when you, if, like, if you get a purple belt before them, there's a suggestion that maybe if you're comparable age and like everything that you, you are, maybe that your coaching is a little bit better and that. You know, yeah. maybe you, you should be tapping them more than they're tapping you yeah. if there is a benchmark like that. But, man, I'm black belt. I get tapped by purple and brown belts all the time. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things, you know. If, it depends. If you're playing your A competition game, then yeah. maybe not so much. But if you're trying new stuff. 100%. Like, one of our black belts, Greg Creel, said to me really early doors, he was like, he's a black belt, a very experienced black belt, very good black belt. And when he's like, well, I want to try something new, I, I try and hit it on the white belts. And then when yeah. I can hit it on them, I hit it on the blue belts. And when I can hit it on them, I hit it on the purple belts. Yeah. You know, work your way up. Oh, yeah. like, there's no point learning a new technique or a new area that you don't really know. Trying it on black belts, not getting it to work. And you're like, <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't Terrible work. technique. <laughs> so yeah, that. you just have to be realistic in your approach. And like, I think that applies to no matter what skill level you are. Yeah. You know, no. if you learn something totally new. I think that's probably one of the trickier things of all is definitely to try and somewhat let your guard down and be like, right, okay, fine. Mm. If, I'm a, if I am a top player type thing, I am going to pull guard or go into close yeah, guard definitely. and let them work through there and see obviously what I can draw. It's also there. hard when you're a blue belt because your only skill level you can test on is white belts and they are so yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you get to like black belt, you can test it on purple and brown belts. They, they know what they're doing and they do the right things, yeah. and, but, you, but you get more opportunities. Whereas like when you're a blue belt trying it on white belts, you go to an armbar and they do like a backflip. <laughs> I'm not expecting that. That gives me flashbacks. I think I was in a mount position on this guy who was brand spanking new. This is a few months back. And 
I thought, I find no problem at all. Yeah. Next thing you know, I see these feet in front of me, and yeah. the next I've been up kicked yeah. my nose, yeah. blood's everywhere, and it's I'm like, just like yeah. seeing red. So when you go for a head and arm, and they escape it by trying to elbow you in the head yeah. as hard as they can, you know, yeah, that'll work. You know, I don't want it that badly. You know, I don't want to get like concussion or something like that. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> cool, dude. So, in terms then of your experience with then competing and stuff, then mm. uh, what have you done so far to date? Um, where's it, where's it been? been just local, done big competitions and stuff? A bit so of on? everything. So, like, I. I've competed all the way through the belts. When I first started competing at white belt and blue belt, I competed because everyone else did. And yeah. I felt like, part of me felt like I'd be, not like a letdown, but I was like, I wouldn't be one of the boys if I if I didn't compete. You know, if I was yeah. like, you know, like if I, the early doors said, oh, competing's not for me. Mm. Like, we were, like, especially when I started, Pedro was 12 years younger, so like late 20s, so really at like the peak of his career and he was competing a lot, you know, big yeah. comps. And I felt like, don't be wrong, I didn't feel like pressure, I had to do worlds or something, but I felt like if I didn't put myself in that kind of fire, then I wouldn't really be able, I wouldn't be able to share the experience. You know, I wouldn't be like, I'd always be like, oh, but you don't compete. (laughs) So I was like, I I had no aspirations to win big things, but I was like, I want to compete because I want to know what that's like and I want to test myself, you know. And I was inspired by everyone, everyone around me at the club. Competitive guys or not competitive guys all did a bit of competing. You know, some more than others, but all did a bit. So I was like, like I think I did Europeans in 2014, I think Mm -hmm. it was. And like, I think like 20 of us went. Wow. Like a load of the guys from Wales that are underpaired and then about 10 guys from our gym. Mm-hmm. And we all just gave it a go. Nice. You know, like, and it was, it was good, you know. Like, I, I, I won a match, I think won one or two matches. Yeah. And then lost the quarterfinal to a guy from Torquay. <laughs> as, as it does. <laughs> like, he, like, I didn't know where he's from. Like, chatting to him afterwards. He was like, oh, yeah, nice. Like, chatting to me. Like, and yeah, I realized he was from the UK. But, um, <laughs> and I've done lots of local comps. Like, I, I would say that, like, it's easy in jiu-jitsu to belittle your achievements and be like, well, I haven't won Worlds, I haven't won Europeans. You know, I've won IBJF competitions and like I've, you know, I've done well in them and stuff like that. I, I would say I'm like a middle-of-the-road competitor. Yeah. Like not a terrible competitor, not a great competitor. Like, and I think I've realised over time that I'm more of a coach. You know, okay. I, I enjoy competing. I've got a side of me that loves competing and like getting a chance to use your skills with a little bit less. In the gym, I'm always trying to be nice to my training partners because yeah. they're my training partners and my friends. Like in a competition, I like the fact that much as you're respectful, you know, if you go for an armbar, you can put it on because yeah. it's their job to tap and it's a competition. They've signed up for that. So I really enjoy that bit. And that's actually, that. I think if I hadn't competed, I wouldn't be where I am now because that's changed my game entirely. Yeah. You know, if you know, if you've never pressure tested techniques, I don't think everyone should compete, but I think everyone should try competing. Actually, that, that reminds me of something you told me about in one of my first ever competitions, mm. which was I was disappointed I didn't get gold. Um, yeah. And again, it was, I had this happen to me a couple of times that the person who got gold got promoted on the stand when I was mm. there at the time. And I was like, this is just frustrating. I'm trying my best, absolutely doing well in the club, that type of thing. When I competed, didn't get it. And you, mm. you said something to me which has stuck to me ever since. And you said, what do you learn from winning gold? Yeah. And it sunk into me the fact that other than that, you beat everyone there. You, yeah, you don't you're probably, like, I hate, I don't really like that cliche of like you win or you learn or whatever, but like, because I think it's, sometimes it's used by people who aren't that motivated to be like, oh, well, you know, I lost to the best guy or whatever. And you should have that determination to be like, yeah. I'm going to win at all costs. But you do, like, if you get gold, like, that's great. When, when you win gold, it's an amazing feeling. Mm. But you probably, like, if it all goes your way, sometimes you win gold and maybe you do have absolute, wars and you do learn a lot from it you don't need to get caught yep. and stuff but on your best day you're just going to go and smash everyone yeah and that's great that you learn that your techniques work but you do if you go to a competition if you if you do 10 competitions in a row and you get armbarred in every single one of them you, you've got some pretty <laughs> clear feedback as to like what your <laughs> weakness is you know yeah. if you get caught with all sorts of different stuff or you're losing your fights 2-0 or whatever then maybe it's a little bit more 
you know, like it might just be that you need to push a little bit harder, your cardio mm. needs a little bit more work. But like I said, if you literally get submitted with the same submission every single yeah. comp, you know that you're leaving your arm out or you know that you're defending things the wrong way. So it gives you pretty instantaneous feedback. Definitely. So obviously lots of competitions, lots of things yeah. obviously to learn from and stuff. Um, in terms of then of weight categories and things, then yeah. does that move up and down? Did you progress up? Did you move down in weight? What, what did only you up. Only, only up. got heavier. Only got heavier. Okay. <laughs> I started at lightweight when I was first competing. When I first started jiu-jitsu, like I said, I did a hard college playing football and doing my sports degree. So I was yeah. about... I was only 23, 24, I was about 73, 74 kilos. Sure. So I was quite light for my height. And I, in a gi, I was like easily under 76. Mm-hmm. So I did that because I didn't know what I was doing at that point. I didn't know, I didn't really have a clue about what, what weight catch could be right for me. And that's where I was at. So I was like, I don't want to cut, I'm six foot two. I don't want to be under 70 kilos. <laughs> like, I was like, 76 is where I'm at. I compete. And to be honest with you, like I had some pretty mick bag results, you know, at white belt. Yep. Won some fights. Like, I think I won my first ever fight, 16-14, just sweet, like no control. Just like ping pong back and forth. The guy who equally had no control. Uno reverso, uno reverso. Yeah, I did my, my second match, I fought a guy who, I, saw, I was about 24, I reckon he would have been like early 30s. Mm. He just looked like the most alpha male bloke I've ever seen. Like, like, like long, like flowing hair, like massive arms and chest, like yeah. a bodybuilder. And like he shook hands with me before and I was like, that guy's going to kill me. And I think he choked me in about 30 seconds. And it was like almost like a gentleman's agreement from the moment we like, like saw each other, we were like, he's going to smash me. And like, there's not much I can do about it. You know, like he was obviously like a lot older, probably like, you know, I reckon he must've done something physical before, like yeah. rugby player or like, or, you know, like man of labor, or something. just super strong. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what, like I was at that stage, I was probably really light for my, for my height yeah so like, not that that's a problem but you, know, you have to have a lot of skill if you're going to be that light for your height like to counteract that and i was just i was much taller than, than most of the guys in my category sure. so I, I could be a lightweight for probably white belt i think and then when i got to the blue belt i went to middle because i was like i was training more mm. and i was like you know doing i like i said I'd done weights i've done a lot, a lot of weights when i was at university but like not training in a way that was gonna make me bigger just doing like my rehab like stuff to support like football stuff like that like sure so like more strength stuff. So I was like, right, I'm gonna get a bit bigger. Kind of naturally just happened as I was eating more and training more. So I went up to sort of like high seventies. I was like, right, fight eighty two, and that felt a lot more comfortable for me then. And sure. I, I was a lot more focused on like techniques like Baron Bolo then, you know, like being like very like flexible guard player. And actually, eighty two was really good for me. Yeah. And then I think I got to about purple belt, and I know this is the case for a lot of people. I think exactly the same actually for Pedro. Pedro said to me, he's like, it's all fine and well being really good at guard. But there's no point sweeping people and then not coming on top because you want to take their back. You know, like, because you just basically, don't, not I didn't have a top game, but I didn't have much of a top game. You know, yeah. like, I knew that if I went on top, a lot of the time I'd get swept, I'd get reversed back or yeah. whatever. So I was trying to get people's backs desperately all the time, watching like Meow, where there's videos over and over and over on YouTube and Keelan Cornelius. And like, I'm sure those guys got amazing top games, but like, that focus on constantly chasing the back. So mm-hmm. I started playing more top game. And then I realized that as I started playing more top game, like, it was, I think to be honest, the honest answer is I got to like a certain point of playing top game. I was like, this will be so much easier if I'm heavier. <laughs> you know, like, like, because when you're learning that skill, yeah. like it's really hard to like, I think, to learn weight distribution when you are, if you're really light, especially compared mm-hmm. to your training partners. Like it's not impossible, don't get me wrong, there's some very light guys with incredible top, top pressure, but for me, it just made the process of learning that easier. And I think now if I went back down to 82, I'd have the same skills, mm. how I use my pressure. But that, like, what I found at the lower belt, at the lower weight, sorry, was that one mistake and I was, I was losing my position. Whereas being like 88 around then, like I could make a mistake and use a bit of strength to stay on top, you know, and then learn from it. Yeah. It was easier feedback for me. And it just, I'm actually also, as I got older and trained more, 
stronger, it naturally kind of came anyway. So now I fight 88. That's interesting. Obviously, again, obviously I'm nowhere near the experience obviously you are by any sort of means, but I'm definitely on the opposite end of the scale to where I'm sort of working the way down, obviously the weight categories. I've actually kind of mm. found my sort of mojo at super heavy now. And okay. the idea being is that I was coming into, I think it was light heavy, so under 94 in the gi and under 91 heavy, in yeah. the gi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously I've just gone up a weight category from there. Mm. And obviously the initial fear for me was like, oh God, these guys are going to be huge type thing. Yeah. And after competing, I think it was actually Grapple Industries, um, I went there and had everyone who were in the same weight category. I was like, yeah, there was some bigger... Part. Someone looked bigger, but it wasn't as if it was impossible. I think it's only ultra heavyweight where it can be like really hit and miss because yeah. and there's no limit on it. You just don't know who's going to turn like, up. <laughs> Rich, one of the guys from our club who runs the pit gym. Yeah, he was on podcast earlier. Yeah, who he's yeah. on podcast with. He when he won the Europeans at Purple Belt, I just remember the last guy he fought in the final just was enormous. Mm. Like you know, and you just and like you can be. Rich is a big dude, but he's not massively over 100. Like, he went with that back then, you know, he wasn't like 120, 130. Mm. He was like 105, I think. Yeah. And now he fights super, he's like more like under 100. Yeah. And the guy he fought must have been like 140, 150. And that's obviously a huge weight gap. And like, there is a factor, like, there's, I guess there's diminishing returns, ultra heavyweight, of like, how big can you be without being fat? Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, if you just pile on more and more weight, you're not going to get more and more muscle. Yeah. But nonetheless, you're shifting a lot. Like, Rich was, like, two-thirds of his weight, maybe. Mm. So, like, to win that was a, was a really big achievement. But also, it's, like, it's not... It's a, it's a massive achievement, but it's also not, like... If you fight someone within your own weight category, you're going to have a much clearer, more defined, like, test of your skill, I think. Like, 100%. it's, like, a different battle. Like, Rich has fought some guys at Ultra who are, like, like him, like, really athletic, and it's, like, a real fight of athleticism and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Other times, it's, like... It's almost like problems. It's like, what do I do with a guy who's 150 kilos? Yeah. You know, if I pull guard, I'm dead. Like, you know, not necessarily, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, yeah. if they get their, all their weight on me, and like, you know, you know they're going to tie, you know they're just going to lie on you, and it says a time limit. You know, it's, it's just different problems, it's, you know, like... It's that meme, isn't it? It's just yeah. like that whole ultra-heavy 140 on side, like side control. It's just like, frame and hip away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure, no yeah, problem, exactly. or just so stand I, up. I think that's like a super impressive skill, fighting ultra-heavyweight, ultra to be able to deal with all those different problems. Yeah. Whereas at least in your weight category... You might different, deal with different body types. You're not dealing with, like, there's a limit to how heavy they're going to be. Like, exactly. I don't fight guys who are over 88. So I, I know that they're going to be, like, different yeah. games, different body sizes, but they're not going to be 50 kilos heavier than me. It's just interesting to me the how, again, it's may not be for everyone. I imagine, obviously, you're sat maybe in the, the 80s, maybe. I don't know because it's just a figure I'm picking out here, but how you may have more options in terms of the style of play that you you will do. Mm. And I'm not saying every heavy guy never starts on the bottom in the slightest No, you're, you're unlikely to see, like, a 120-kilo guy that's, like, playing like Berenbolo or whatever than like, like they, they must be out there mm-hmm. definitely there's some freak guys who are super flexible but they're if they are they're going to be guys who are like freak athletes yeah. <laughs> to be that size and be that flexible and all that stuff you know yeah. it's like it's certainly going to be less of them if nothing else who is it watching at Grapple Fest I want to say it's Shane um, it wasn't Shane no was it someone else he's from Glasgow uh, mm. got blonde hair moustache I can't remember what his name is for oh, the life okay. of me but his dexterity in his hips type of thing when you yeah. like he was playing guard I was like his knees are going past his oh, head and I was just like oh what's that one there's definitely some really flexible guys there but like I think again it's like there's, I can't remember his name like Adam Ellis there's a guy who does yoga as well he's really tall and he's very very flexible but he's again he's like my sort of build but, mm. but taller and longer you know he's not yeah. like a heavy build he's like tall guy you know and he uses those long limbs and they're like you know he's got amazing flexibility but um yeah, it's got to be less of it. Like as you go up the weights, yeah, 
you're going to see less people doing the splits. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, try, I, like to, I try my best. I stretch every day. When I use an mm. app called GoWad, um, which is a CrossFit app. Yeah, well, I've well, seen some of those, like, I've looked at some of those, like, is it like pliability and some of those? Yeah, like, there's for, a like, few of them out there. Ability sort of training. Yeah, and it, I find it definitely very useful. I'm sure I'm not the only person saying this, but after a couple of days of even not training or stretching, I start mm. to feel like I'm just, sh- like, shriveling yeah, up in tightness. Especially if you're, like, over a computer doing work or whatever, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. sometimes people ask me, like, oh, how do you do so much jiu-jitsu? And I'm like, Probably partly because I do so much jiu-jitsu. You know? yeah. like, like this morning, I trained really hard last night. Really, really hard. And then this morning, I was teaching at 7 a.m. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to spar. So I sparred for 45 <laughs> minutes and actually felt better afterwards. You yeah. know, like Can't the first wrong. round was 10 times as bad as the last one. So Now I've got that set up. I think I've got a training session tonight, open mat. And then uh, I've got a workout with Trojan, oddly enough, uh, nice. in the morning. Nice. <laughs> and I'm just there thinking about how is it going to feel when you wake up You'll tomorrow. feel better after. <laughs> It'll be tomorrow morning. I'll be like, oh, God, this is brutal. Is it, that mat? Yeah, it? they're doing all their nice. circuits. In the morning. I try and use it as my cardio because, again, it's a good little like setup. Yeah, it's 100%. not just pure rowing. We're going to have like some barbells in there, weights and that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So try and use it because I find, uh, to some degree, trying to get my ass back in the gym, mm. I find it ridiculous. Re- ridiculously boring yeah I'm lucky at sweatbox I literally walk out of the jiu-jitsu room and into the gym so I'm like, I have no choice I have no options really to, well I, I do but if I'm lazy it's on me I, I have to walk past it and walk out so yeah so no it makes sense so with the weight gain then you said mm. it obviously wasn't intentional was there any points where you were purposely trying to put on weight at all or I don't think so like I think I was I mean it depends what you call purposeful like I was probably at times I've like modified what I eat yeah you know like more fat in my diet and stuff like that you know stuff that i know is easy ways to get more calories in yeah you know i, I eat enough fat but i don't i'm careful of like you know if i well, like everyone is if, you, if you're watching your like macros or whatever if i'm having loads of fat if i'm having avocados like every meal like all day long and like loads of olive oil i know that that's gonna definitely yeah. increase chances of me putting on body fat and getting bigger which is what i wanted at times so like i just to be honest when i first started it's more that i was just super super lean yeah i just was playing football all day running 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 like Hartbury College is very, very good for sport. Like, yeah, like, 100%. Like, this, like the standard of like university level football there is like comparable to like it feeds into Forest Green. It's very, very high level. Yeah. Like even if the standard of like not everyone there is amazing at football. Like I wasn't amazing at football. I was one of the best of my mates, but I just went to do a degree and I did football. While I was there. Yeah. But like they train you like a semi-pro professional yeah. football. So like I was doing like out on the pitch every morning at eight. Whatever the weather, because it's like 4G, saying so like FA stands up playing football for two hours in the gym with the guys, like doing weights and like stuff for two hours. Yeah. Then going and using like the hot cold pools like for an hour, nice. and then be one o'clock, and I'd be like, oh, I better go to my lectures now. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a weird kind of combination of lifestyles, and that like you're a student, and you on one hand you're like out drinking, mm. but you're also getting to do that like kind of almost like voluntarily, mm. but like you get to experience that lifestyle. And for a lot of those guys who are like talents come through, they do like a token degree. They do that and then they feed into like a lower league team. Yeah, it makes sense. And they're used to that lifestyle that kind of prepares them for that. Do you think about that preparation or that experience or like exposure to that mm. setup of professionalism, obviously, to it? Because obviously, Hart, we've got fantastic. Yeah, obviously. crazy. Low, in terms of sports, university in general, yeah. they've got everything covered off then. I think, obviously, uh, James mm. Smith obviously came from there. Just, yeah. just talk about another jujitsu person there for yourself. But do you think about that exposure? you wouldn't that would have translated into what you're doing as much I think now, it gave or? me a really good base level of what proper training is okay you know like what a really good understanding of what proper training is like i am by no means like the fittest strongest whatever marker you want to use person but i'm not bad at any of them mm. like you know, i'm not weak i'm not inflexible i'm not i haven't got bad cardio i'd never miss weight at competitions like this i just like it gave me a really good understanding of like you know like if you if you 
were a non-league footballer, right? And you go and trade at Man City for three months, yeah. like on some sort of like scheme, right? And you come back, your standards are going to be so much higher yeah. that you just go, well, of course I'm not going to like go and have a kebab after training. I'm going to go, you know, get some, go home and get some chicken and rice or whatever. And like yeah. things which seem like in this day and age now, when everyone can watch those, like, you know, Amazon documentaries about like Arsenal or Man City, it's like, yeah. of course you don't like do that. But like when I was like 19, I didn't have a clue what, pro athletes did mm. I was reading like men's health workouts and then going and having like a, like a 90 gram like maximus away protein <laughs> oh, shake God. and being like, like I must finish this and, like, <laughs> massive and, jacked. and like that kind of classic thing when you're younger of like you don't take into account the fact that you need more calories you're just like well I've had 400 grams of protein today and I'm yeah. not massive I'm like not massive. Uh, you know yeah. but I've only had like 2,000 calories and like I'm like I've got kidney failure or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly, Maxi Muscle gives me flashbacks. Oh, they, yeah. It's when people complain about certain flavours of protein nowadays, right? Yeah. And they go like, oh, I tried this mojito flavour from my protein. It tasted no. awful. I'm like, you have no idea the three to four flavours that we had. And even then, they were god-awful. I'm really lucky that I get my protein from, I'm going to mention it now. From, from <laughs> Plug Matty, it, it's all Matty, good. Um, a Trojan yeah. and Julie. Like they're, they're, I actually started using their protein. Matty very kindly sponsored me. But I used their protein because... Matt suggested, I said, oh, like most protein I use makes me feel really uncomfortable, like really mm. bloated. And I tried, Matt was like, look, just try it. Like this was way before any suggestive, like very kindly sponsoring me or anything like that. Yeah. I tried it and was like, I don't feel like I'm going to burst. I was having protein. It tastes amazing. Nice. And that's the reason I use it. Like as much as they're local and I'm good friends and they're lovely people. Yeah. If it didn't make, if it made me feel bloated, like all those ones I used to have when I was a, like a maximum sort of stuff, like I wouldn't use it. It's the only one I've ever used that, that obviously the nutrition is the same yeah but i actually can eat it and stomach it that's good that's some good. of them just taste like oh, oh, like there's like they yeah. taste like water milkshakes you know like but they've got no flavor to them or like texture that's, or anything that's the it's just disgusting. It. honestly i say this to people all the time they're like oh i need milk with my protein shake i'm like do you and they're like i yeah, only ever had that with water and it tastes incredible it tastes incredible and i say to you do you know what protein powder is and they're like no I'm like it's hydrolyzed milk yeah like you're having milk with your milk you're having milk with your milk like it's just mental but no you're right i've had a few flavors myself um over the years and stuff i think the one I, they had for a little while was the noffy i think it was yeah they're all good oh it was absolutely amazing in terms of taste wise and like i said quality wise <laughs> julie loves me though because like <laughs> i go through phases but i'm like i guess maybe the way my brain works i'll go through a phase and i'm like i'm only having this one for like six months and then i'll, then I'll she'll be like look just try this one i'm like all right and then i'm converted to the next one for like six months or a year or whatever so yeah, yeah so they're very they very kindly sponsor me and they're lovely people no they're good 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 crew down there definitely uh, unfortunately i just have also have flashbacks to matty giving me a chin strap for the first time ever and just walking <laughs> around gyms like this and i'm like oh god what's going on here and matty I no likes idea. to pretend that he's not very good at jiu-jitsu he's he likes to tell people oh you know like i, I lost I won, sorry, like it was a good, like I was lucky. I'm like, no, he's really good. Yeah, he is good. He's obviously got a good set of bases. Well. Yeah, he's like super fit. Yeah, exactly. He's very, very. Well, you said about athletic big guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, it puts yeah. it in perspective. Like, you're, you, not, nothing against Matty in the slightest bit, type of thing. But to see what you can do on an assault bike, let alone obviously on a jiu-jitsu match, yeah, two yeah. different things. That's almost. what I mean. Though I think like guys like Rich, like Matty, like those guys, they're like they're at that like upper limit where like if they were much bigger, they probably would lose that functionality you yeah. know like yes there are benefits i always say this to guys who are, who are doing jiu-jitsu and they're really serious about it and they talk about strength training like there is like strong for jiu-jitsu but then uh, there's a certain point like same as anyone who lifts heavy like fines you might say i'm not going to talk specifics here because it's not my area but like say if you want to deadlift right and you start deadlifting you can deadlift 50 kilos mm -hmm. you get to 100 great you get to 150 amazing say that's like double body weight right yeah then the, what you need to do to get to like triple body weight 
the, the returns are so little in transferring to, to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And the cost, like if you can get to your body weight and you don't hurt and it's not damaging your body, it's not affecting your training, then, then amazing, crack on. It's only going to be good for you. The stronger mm. you are, the better, I think. But my experience, like what you have to do to get there with a really heavy training schedule yeah. and the injury risk and stuff like that, pushing yeah. like you know like the, what it's going to do to your back or whatever, whatever. If, like if you because invariably if you're pushing for something that you've never had before mm. at some point you're going to go too hard and hurt yourself of course too. i just don't think that that's that's worth it that being said i did say to a white brother the other day who was asking me what to do to get better i was like you're not strong and fit enough that is it because like you know like they train at a great academy like all the academies in bristol that we know and talk about like a great gym yeah. it's like it's not a lack of instruction Fair. when you've got 10 guys there and some are doing really well and others aren't doing quite so well I'm like, sparring wise, and I'm mm. like, you're not very strong or fit, like, which means you're not a threat. There's one of our white belts who started, he's been training about a year, he used to be a gymnast, he's very, very athletic and strong, mm. and he's really technical now, and he's a handful, because he yep. knows how to move, and he's strong. Like, if I take my eye off the ball with him, like the other day he pulled my gear over my head, and I take it back <laughs> and choke him, I was like, <laughs> I was like, but you know, he's a top bloke, and he's like, he's got a background in something, and he's a danger, because he's, yeah as strong as everyone else in there or stronger, mm. but he just isn't as experienced in jiu-jitsu. Whereas if you're not as experienced in jiu-jitsu and you have the strength of an average person, there's nothing there that's a danger. No. So like, you've got to have one or the other. And I think it's really good to simultaneously develop both. You mm. know, like, I wish I'd done weights earlier. I think I would have had more success. Uh, like, you know, if I started when I first started a white belt, if I started doing weights then, by the time I got to blue belt, I would have been a bit more of a, yeah. a danger. A you know, I look back and I like, for a long time, I just was like, technique more conquer. <laughs> like I just need to be more flexible and, and drill more techniques and that isn't wrong like I don't mean that you shouldn't be technical if you go to the best gym in the world they're super technical but you also need to be strong mm -hmm. you need to be like I always say like if the best guy in your gym can bench press 100 you don't need to bench press 100 mm. but you don't need you can't be bench pressing 30 because no. you will be just so far away from them it won't be like I always say as well, like if, you, if you're an adult fighting a ch the best child I've got in the kids' class, mm. you're probably still going to batter them, right? <laughs> like, even if, like, as a full-grown adult, you know, no matter how good they are, they've trained since they're like two and then now they're like ten. So it's five years ago, if you, you're Will, yeah, we'll yeah, sell them on the back, like, go on, Will. Yeah, it's not the case anymore as well, Jesus, no. But, like, yeah. but like, you know, when, like, Will was seven, you know, no matter how good he is at jiu-jitsu, like, a, he's not going to trouble a 25-year-old because you can just, like, lift him off the floor yeah. and put him back down again. But when, you know, like, say, if the strength disparity is so massive, mm. like, you don't, like I said, you don't need to be as strong as the top. There's, like, there's some guys that I train who are way stronger than I'll ever be. But I'm chasing being, the gap being smaller. Yeah. You know, like, if they can bench press, they don't, they don't bench press 100. They <laughs> bench press a lot more. You know, like, yeah. but if I can get close to her or closer, mm. then that margin goes. And then I rely on the fact that I'm yeah. more experienced. I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. I think on one point which you mentioned there mm. about the sort of lifting weights to a certain level, right? And so I think the biggest thing, because this sport, it's not new, but it's getting more in popularity. It's obviously mm. rooted in heritage, which is obviously fantastic, but it's definitely becoming coming on levels in terms of professionalism towards it, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the strength and conditioning training. Massively, isn't it? What benefit do you have from lifting 300 kilograms when it comes to a jiu-jitsu event? Because even if you came across a, a, a phenomenal of someone who was 300 kilograms, right, which yeah. is never going to happen, yeah, yeah, like even again, absolute like an ultras. You're talking. If I saw someone who was 150, like yeah. there's a big concern there, for just not even just for their, for their well-being, let yeah, alone obviously them yeah. doing that. I'd rather be able to lift 150 multiple reps, as in the idea of like exactly. if I was taping them down, trying to pass it, whatever it could be rather mm. than trying to 
put that risk to reward injury. So I think other other strongmen have mentioned this before. The risk to reward injury, especially on deadlift, isn't there. If you're a powerlifter, you, you're doing it for that reason. Right? Like, there's obviously a lot of like conflicting research at the moment. Not conflict, but like there's this thing now that I'm a bit skeptical of. Of like, you know, there's like this injury of like there is no such thing as in exercise that call in, cause injury. Just you know, like it's your sleep, it's your diet, all that stuff. And it's like that's true to a degree. You know, like you know, like for example, I quite often lift like squat with my back rounded you know, mm-hmm. might be holding like a heavy like Atlas Stone style medicine ball because in jiu-jitsu my back is rounded yep. and there's a lot of evidence now a lot of journals to say and a lot of the PTs that I, I listen to in the gym who are experts yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like that's fine you do that all the time you know, your back is strong and that's here holding an Atlas Stone that is a strong position for your yeah. back it doesn't have to be totally Rigid, stressed yeah. but on the flip side if you keep getting horrendous hip flexor pain and you cycle 10 miles a day up and down hills, mm. that might be a factor. Yeah. You know, it's like there's this kind of like these two routes now. And like, same as like the old school martial arts thing of like, don't ever do any weights for like boxing, you'll get slow. And like, and that's on bodybuilding. You yeah. know, like, you know, if you're doing like bodybuilding style training just to get bigger yeah. t shirt muscles, yeah, yeah, it probably isn't great for athleticism. But now, I had a comment recently, I think it was we did a post on creatine, and one of the comments that came back said, oh, it ruins your ability to be mobile and you get bulky from it. And I'm like, and I, I try to be polite you about just this. have to go I, I don't agree but like enjoy your day that's <laughs> what I, I, I try to say I try to say look I haven't seen any research papers on this like at all in the slightest I bit I mean that is like, a good thing now like with, with the development of like the level of journals and research now, special you can pretty much just go show me a journal yeah and, and people are like oh well I can't find I did find it but I can't yeah. find it now yeah. and disappear into the background don't I, they do the Homer Simpson back into the book exactly I think it's even going up a level now because some people can even chuck out a journal out of nowhere yeah, yeah. and some people will go oh okay and then you sometimes dig into it a little bit more like so they tested this on mice with three mice and it's now conclusive yeah or like, I know what you mean you can, now probably, you can probably find a journal now to that like confirmation bar so is that what it is like yeah. you can like pretty much anything you. Li- it's like on the internet if you go onto YouTube and be like I don't know like like Keto's to, ultimate for, G, for jiu-jitsu. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Or, like, like, or yeah. like any controversial historical event and, and any celebrity name attached to it. You can probably yeah. find proof that they did it. Yeah, like, exactly. But it's just the way it is on the internet, isn't it? Yeah. I, obviously, there's one person that comes to mind when you mention about their ability to be strong, athletic, and stuff like that. And I know, obviously, over a summer break, he popped into gym and stuff like that. So did you get a chance to roll with Max Lahoof? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You know what? He is a freak. <laughs> like, he's also the nicest guy, like one of the nice guys ever. Yeah. Like I had a chance to, I, I rolled him a few times and he is, I was blown away by the fact that he just wanted to get better. Like yeah. at no point, he just let me beat him up. And like at any point he could have godzilla me and just like throw it. Like, I like, <laughs> he could basically just put him up and ram me into the wall. Yeah. But he just wanted to get better. And I think nice. also as a pro athlete, he's like, he didn't want to get hurt either. Mm. He like, he knows that like, he's obviously a like specimen of a human being, mm. but going rolling with like black belts, he's like, you're the guy I'm rolling with because I know you'll just beat me up with jiu-jitsu. You won't try yeah. and like... And like, he knows that I've got no issue losing to him. Like, if, he, if he's going to put me in a position where like I can't get out, I'm just going to tap because yeah. he, he's an absolute monster. Yeah. I'm not going to risk my body and I'm not going to risk hurting his body or anything like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's such a gentleman. Like, he... It was a pleasure to train with him. He was the first one that came to mind when you were talking about that sort of like strength disparity. Like he can bench 100 kg for reps. Mate, like, he <laughs> is so strong. Like the stuff he puts out on his like, I remember on his Instagram during lockdown and he was just training at home in his flat, I think. Yeah. Like squatting like crazy, crazy weight. And I was like, uh, like you just look at him and go like, it always makes me laugh with stuff like that because people are like, oh yeah, you know, well, but like, he's got access to all these facilities. I'm like, no matter what you do in your lifetime you either can do that or you can't do yeah. that you know like he is just an absolute freak like 
and in the best possible way. He's just, and he's the nicest guy. Yeah. His content for Bristol Man is his best thing ever. Yes, I think, like I said, ever since he started coming out, I think it was just like, oh, we're here in the Coliseum, so we're ready to go to battle, and I'm like, this is class. I want to hear. Even his cooking stuff is hilarious. Yeah, and as he's well. genuinely like, just a really nice guy. <laughs> like, I mean, I've trained with a few guys over the years who've like, you know, been like maybe like. No, I was going to say like important, like celebrities, like important people, you know, yeah. like they're quite often like, well, you know, I'm blah, 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 I want to talk about himself. It's just a nice, normal, lovely bloke. Yeah. Who happens to be like absolute monster. <laughs> when he stops playing rugby, if he really gets into jiu-jitsu seriously, I'm having nothing to do with that. <laughs> I'm going nowhere near him. You're not going to be the guy with the leash behind him like, go, Max, yeah, so we send him out. <laughs> I'll, be the, I'll be the coach who's just still at the side like, yes. Uh, <laughs> like the emperor, just like, <laughs> my hood up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, do you think he's going to come back down the summer again with Steve I and so. stuff? Yeah. I know it's really hard for him when he, yeah. I know a few of the guys from the Bristol Bears team, and they're all just lovely blokes. And like, yeah. That's good. That's all of them, and they're all like they're all just so injured, aren't they? It's the nature of rugby. It's yeah. like what we do, but running, but a running pace, yeah. running, running into pace. each other as well. Exactly, it's mental. Um, which is, I think it's an interesting point. There's a lot of other people coming from different sports into mm. jiu-jitsu as it's getting more. Because it's a lower impact, not at the highest level, but like compared to like rugby, it's a lower impact. Yeah, definitely. Pursuit. Which again reminds me of um, one of the gradings that Pedro was talking about again, uh, the well-being obviously of how it's a healthy sport. It's good for you, <laughs> not too good for your joints, not Maybe too not. good for like bones and like breaks no. and this stuff and stuff. But, but it's that kind of thing. It's like it's it's certainly like for those guys that need that kick of like you know they used to play in rugby, yeah, and then they stop doing that after twenty years or whatever, and they're like. I'm not really being fulfilled by like badminton, you know. They're like something like you know, like, or like playing yeah. darts in the pub. It just yeah. gives them something that's like a bit like fighting in rugby, yeah, but with less, more controllable. Isn't it? You can, you know, yeah. you live stream with one of the guys last night. He's got a bad knee. And he's like, can I just start seated? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> no, go for stand. it. Yeah, he, he actually, he, he's, he's 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 so stoic. He's like, no, I'll just stand. I was like, but you know, like you can modify stuff, can't you? So yeah, you can exactly. make it better for you. Yeah, it's just interesting seeing different people from different sports come in. You're getting people from people like uh, CrossFit. You're getting people, obviously, from the bodybuilding world. You're getting people, obviously, from all these different Man, sports. Man, those CrossFit yeah. guys are a problem. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like, again, I went from bodybuilding into CrossFit into mm. then, obviously, Jiu-Jitsu after kind of getting catched in the bug for yeah. it. And, again, like, it'll be interesting to see how this all transpires because their level of fitness is just high. Yeah, like, is. bodybuilding, like, they're obviously super, super strong. And like guys like like Rich was kind of more in that world a little bit before, mm. but he's such a good athlete. Yeah, like you know he's and he, I think he played I think he played American football before as well when he was younger. Rich did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wouldn't surprise me. To be pretty honest. sure he did something like that. Like what I mean is he was like he wasn't just a guy in the gym lifting weights who couldn't move. Yeah, like he moves well, you know. And like I think certainly those crossfit guys, if you're used to like being High super face. strong, but also like that, like the energy systems for that are very mm. comparable. You know, like that, like kind of short bursts. You know. 100% when you've got to do a workout constantly for 15 minutes and your only detriment is the fact if you slow down you're losing and like, like you're lifting you're like shifting some serious like weight around yeah, it's not going to be a problem to like wrestle someone for five minutes yeah it's, it's interesting because you see in other sports for example like let's say MMA and again there's some this consensus within like I said some some places and stuff like that oh don't do CrossFit it's bad for you type yeah, thing yeah. and I'm like Okay, I'm not saying go and do 50 snatches. Yeah, I think if you like, modify to like to take out the stuff that's really overtly high risk, yeah, stuff that isn't gonna like. There's some stuff in CrossFit. I'm sure that's like you get your coach would be like, just don't do that. <laughs> but like, for a CrossFit coach would say, if you said I do MMA, they'd say, yeah, maybe don't do this. But let's yeah. stick, let's keep it simple. Yeah. But like the modalities that they use, like the way they 100%. train you, is like amazing for it. Like you know, 
you know, like a wad for like no, 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, like that. 100%. Stuff that's not maybe relatively low impact, but mm. like like carrying sandbags and stuff like that. Sandbags is like the way forward. 100%. Rugby players use them a lot now, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, like even if you take one of the probably the most notorious workout within CrossFit Murph, for example, mm. right? Don't even have to do it with the weighted vest, no. but push-ups, sit-ups, squats, yeah, exactly. and a run. Um, and it's just like, okay, fine. Like, just yeah. crack on with it. Like, is there going to be a downside to it? Yeah, there's like a funny argument in jiu-jitsu, like you've probably seen a lot of it recently in these like, of like steroids in jiu-jitsu, right? But like, <laughs> like, basically, I think there's often an argument that anyone that's like big, strong, and athletic, wow, they're just on juice. Mm. And you go, like, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Like, you know, in pro-level jiu-jitsu, I think a lot of guys are, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, you, know, you can't be naive to that. But, I also know a lot of guys who are super big and strong who do some pretty horrendous workouts. Yeah. You know, like, and you very rarely hear someone who also does these horrendous workouts be like, yeah, they're on juice. Because they're also big and strong, you know, where they're like, I know loads of people do CrossFit who are definitely not on steroids and they're monsters. Yeah. You know, like, if you do that and you eat well, like, and, and you know, really meet all your needs macro wise, yeah. like, you're definitely going to turn into a monster. 100%. There's no choice. Well, like, you, your you, body can't just You can't do it. not okay. adapt to it. So, yeah. like, there is an element of like, in, especially in pro-level jiu-jitsu, like loads of people on gear, right? Mm. People that are training like nine hours of jiu-jitsu a day yeah. and they're still like built like bodybuilders. But if you're doing that, you know, like the workout kind of, you can't hide from that. If you're doing that kind yeah. of training as well. That's, again, that's the argument. That was, again, I can't obviously vouch for all CrossFit athletes in the sense that some of them could be on it, some have been tested yeah. positive for that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, for you're, sure. You're very much not right. And it reminds me back to, there's a podcast I was listening to and it was to do with you also got David Goggins and you've got this other guy who does a lot of ultras, a guy called Cam, I, th- I think mm. his name was. And apparently in his uh, garage, he has this sign which says, oh, it must be nice. And he goes, yeah. what's this mean? And he's like, oh, it must be nice to be me. Oh, it must be nice to be able to run this far. It must yeah. be nice to do this. And he says, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. says this all the time. 100%. But they don't see the fact that every morning he picks up this thing, like this 50 kilogram rock, rocks, walks up to a hill and back down Mate, again. Mate, that's why I've had his teaching jiu-jitsu. People go, oh, it must be amazing to be to be a jiu-jitsu teacher. I'm like, cool, you could be too. Like, oh, it must be amazing. I'm like, well, I teach, I get up and teach a 7 a.m. class, mm. do S&C, come back, have my daughter all day, go back in the evening and train. And that's like, since I've stopped, you know, working a job alongside it. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like, I'm some sort of martyr, but like, you have to want to do it. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. It's not, <laughs> you don't, you know, it's like, everyone knows that jiu-jitsu is not a super high paid sport. <laughs> you know, like coaching or competing. It's getting better, but like it's not a super high pace. But you're not doing it because it's like getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a year or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not a, you know, it's tough on your body. It's tough yeah. on like your your mind, like mm-hmm. because you're just you, it's relentless. Hundred percent. We all sat there in the car park afterwards, like what's just <laughs> happened? Like how has he done this again? Type thing. <laughs> I was talking to one of the black belts, like Jim, who we're both black belts, but he was at least a blue belt when I started, I think, and he's a black belt in judo as well. Nice. Very, very talented martial artist. And he was, I was saying when I first started, I think at the old gym, after about two or three months, there was four of us that started, or five of us maybe, that were all white belts. And it was literally just us in the beginner class, five days a week. Nice. Like an hour, Monday to Friday, we'd get basically a one-to-one with Pedro, the four or five of us. Like, <laughs> that was it. That was how small the beginner class was. So we progressed obviously pretty fast because it was like, only two pairs or so at a time, maybe three pairs, mm. coming around and be like, wrong, wrong, you know, like, correct yeah. this. Whereas in the classes now, we've got like 30, 40 students. It's, you do go in a correct, but it's hard to give that much time. Yeah. So um, after, I think, three months, we were like, oh, we want to do a comp class. And then Pedro being like, really? I was like, well, yeah, like, that's where all the other guys are. Because we, we see all the other guys coming in after we finish. Mm. And like, I knew one of them, a guy called Roy from school, who the other one in school, I was mates with him already. Is that Roy in the bank, yeah? Yes. yes. Yeah, we went to school to Brisbane for Cotton. So, uh, like, okay. He was a year above me. And we didn't know each other at school, we weren't friends at school, but we knew each other to say, just be like, oh, you went to Cotton, didn't you? Yeah. And um, 
have that kind of connection. I was like, oh, like these guys, I knew a few of them, and like another couple of guys went to Cotton as well. And I was like, we were really, we were really keen to get stuck in. Yeah. And I think one, after a couple of months, Pedro went like, basically, yes, but you're like, sign this waiver because you're going to get your ass kicked. You know, like, <laughs> and we were like, cool. Yeah, we're up for it. And we, yeah. were, like, we were all like, in our early, like mid-20s. So we were like, I think the ones we did in our favor was we could get tapped back 15 times in a round and not be hurt and just go to another round and get tapped back 15 times. Yeah. But I was saying at that stage, definitely, I did go home a few times like, what am I even doing? Yeah. Like when you get tapped like 10 times plus by every person mm. for like six, seven rounds, you know, and, and you know they're being quite nice to you. Mm, yeah. And you go home and you go like, maybe this is just, like, my wife will tell you the same, I've definitely come home, like, and been almost like on the verge of tears because I'm so exhausted and be like, there's just no point. Yeah. Like, and I think if you haven't had that, maybe you're not training it the right you're, place. You're not doing it right. And you're not training the right way. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, if you're doing it twice a week and it's a purely a hobby that's like something you just want to do for the next 20 years, twice a week, and you've got no real interest in anything progression-wise, you just love, it's just something you do. Yeah. Then maybe you don't feel that level of frustration. But if you're really trying to be good, mm. and like, oh, I remember seeing a video from Brownlee or Steamer when I was a blue band, they were saying, your only ever goal should be trying to be the best at your belt in the club. Yeah. In the room or in the club, you know, like, you know, don't compare yourself to higher belts because there's no point. Like, you know, like, if you're a blue belt, try to be the best blue belt. And yeah. that's not necessarily even like the best, most talented or the highest level, but like, you know, work the hardest, you know, turn up the earliest, you know, like yeah. outperform your peers, you know, like there's always factors yeah. you can manipulate to be better. 100%. And better than your previous version of yourself, not necessarily better than them, but you'll become better than them mm. through your efforts. And I just remember thinking like, I'm not even like the best white belt here by a mile and I'm getting my ass kicked. And like these guys are monsters, you know, mm. and it's just been a long question. Like some of those guys, to be fair, I'm still getting my ass kicked by like Rory the runs a bank and nothing's changed right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can maybe defend a little bit longer now but yeah funny story, like, so me and Rory whenever we roll we quite often when it gets to the last 30 seconds I kind of give each other the nod I just got to try and make it out of the round without being tapped in 30 seconds and more often than I'd like to admit I don't make it out of the round <laughs> oh, we've been wanting to get everyone out he's a great person to get on like, um, he's a lovely lovely bloke him and, him and Matrix are the two people yeah. we, we, Matrix I've only heard about quite honestly in the last few, four weeks or so and um, be special jiu-jitsu wise as well yeah I've, I've been intrigued obviously to speak to him because I don't know enough Rory I've had a little bit and Bob's private thing type of stuff but both fantastic players yeah unbelievable like both of them like there's, to be honest with you you could like I mean I'm not saying this just because it's my club but you could go through our black belts and find a lot of people to have very interesting podcasts with yeah like, it's Dan O'Connor will be another one he's a <laughs> judo black belt and a jiu-jitsu black belt like but Rory yeah, Rory's consistently battered me for like 12 years. His <laughs> level's unbelievable, like yeah. unbelievable level. Definitely. Like gives Pedro a very hard time, like, you know, and, um, and Matrix as well. Matrix, when I started, when I first started, there was like four purple belts, seven else with a white or a blue belt. And Matrix is one of those. And Matrix is, I guess he's quite like, he, they, they all are really humble, but Matrix plays himself down as much as Rory does, you know, and would, wouldn't tell you that he's really good, but like he is yeah. like a special level of jiu-jitsu. Those guys, both those guys and a fair few other guys in our club have just got, a crazy level that yeah. it's really inspirational those guys 100%. like I rolled with Matrix recently and I just managed to survive and I was like and I, for me that was like a and Matrix after I think he said to me it's like oh you're, you know, you're a lot more resilient to my, like what I try and do to you now like you're a lot more you don't just get swept or you don't like yeah. and I didn't get anything on him but I was like <laughs> just chuffed that I was like you know maybe getting to a point where I'm like a useful round for those guys <laughs> I look back when I first started it must have literally just been like they're like I've had this guy 12 times now like <laughs> So yeah, it's nice to make that progress. And, and also, something that's really special about Jiu-Jitsu, I've like, had those friendships with those guys for like, over a decade. Yeah. I think you know, when, we, when we couldn't train for two years, 
I remember a few of us said, so like, we're probably going to have to call each other. I've seen you every day for the last like, eight years, and I'm not going to see you really at all. So we're going to have to keep, like, keep have, like a WhatsApp group, make sure we're all still doing all right. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. No, it's definitely, definitely what you're saying there in terms of, uh, it gave me a flashback, obviously, I think it was to, uh, I think it was like a YouTube reel or something like that, of Anthony Smith going to uh, train uh, with Nicky Rod. Yeah. Uh, and he said, for 90 minutes, I don't think for 60 seconds I was in a neutral position, let alone a dominant position yeah, type like, thing. <laughs> that's the beauty, like we were saying, like the beauty of jiu-jitsu is that you can go train with your heroes, yeah. right now at least. Yeah. It won't be like that forever because at some point they'll have to just say like, I mean like Anthony Smith will be able to, but like guys who are just casual level, mm. you know, like, it's, I always, one thing that always makes me laugh about jiu-jitsu is when we run seminars and people go, don't know if I want to pay 50 pounds to train with that person, that's a lot of money. And you go, seven time world champion, mate, a black belt. And they're like, yeah, but you know, like, and I'm like, you pay, pay 50 quid to have a meal. I'm, I'm sure I'm convinced I saw something today from Nicholas Maragall. Yeah, I saw exactly the same thing. And I was like, like $250 is a lot. And you go, like in the US, as far as I'm aware, they pay a lot more for seminars. Yeah. Generally, like they pay like $100 at least for a seminar. Yeah. And you think like, we've got some big seminars planned for this year. And you think like, there's always in the back of your mind, I thought, well, what if people just like, oh, I haven't got any money. I know things are t- times are tough right now. But still, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. If you're trying to flog your own seminar and you're like, oh, I've won this, come on. Like, you're like, I get it. People are like, well, you know. But if you're getting the best guys in the world. 100%. Imagine if you're like, oh, I've got like this Cristiano Ronaldo guy coming to teach football. <laughs> then people are like, but it's like, it's 40 quid. No, yeah, I don't know if I can afford that. Like, that's literally what you're dealing with at this, sta- this developmental stage of the sport. Yeah. You're getting the guys who are the Ronaldos and the Messi's of the sport yeah. who have won everything. ADCC, you know, like, I'm Jeff Worlds. Like, a lot of the guys have won both. Mm. you know and you like you just have to convince people that it's going to be a good use of their money Definitely. but they'll spend $200 on a Gordon Ryan instructional yeah and you're like <laughs> like don't get me wrong I'm not saying there's any value in instructionals not at all but like it's totally different when someone's in the room being like no you're doing that wrong yeah like you know and like showing you like you know like 100%. in jiu-jitsu the difference between like an arm being like here on the tricycle here on the shoulder or like mm. that much difference yeah, is completely different. Hundred percent. I, I, like I said, I, I can't get my head around how people would complain about that, mm. especially obviously with the caliber of people we're talking about here. Yeah, like you said, you got someone who has <laughs> got their default goal at world type thing, and then all of a sudden gone like, yeah, I'm doing a seminar on that type of stuff yeah, type yeah. thing. Fine, you're in a position to question it, and I don't think any of them at the moment are. I think it's interesting. It's definitely looking at other podcasts of other jujitsu athletes who get very mm. reserved about. Put, selling themselves as such. Take yeah. take Theon for example, when she went on podcast with James Smith about how she doesn't like the idea of like putting mm. her prices out there, getting that marketing, selling herself. Well, I haven't listened thing. to her as James Smith. I should. It, it was good, and the idea being was that obviously Gordon talks about his pricing all the time, that type of thing, and everything. And in an industry which is, as we've all said, doesn't pay that much, type of thing, yeah, yeah. right? If you've got something to give and learn, Man. then you shouldn't have to worry about it. And uh, yeah, people themselves all the time in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like. I charge fifty pounds an hour for one to ones, right? I pay a percentage of that to the gym as like yep. mat fees, right? So, like, and I, I think people are like you know, there's always a voice man going, oh, maybe it's a bit too expensive. I go, if I was like a lawyer mm. or something like that, which is like, you know, if I was like a guy who'd been doing something for ten years, twelve years, twice a day, yep. you know, all day, and that's all you do. In any other speciality in life, you'd be two hundred fifty pounds an hour at yep. least, because people go, well, I have to use you. Like, just because jiu-jitsu is optional, like, it's not optional to, to train with the best guys. Yeah. You know, if you want to be good at something, you have to train with guys who can give you the best technique yeah, and, like, exactly. the best experience and all of that tough stuff together. So, like, I just kind of recently put my head down and be like, that's why I charge. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to teach for less. There's a couple of things that come to mind that I got told. One was that 
Okay, uh, even with the price that you're charging type thing, it's not Rolls Royce prices, in, in my yeah. opinion, in the slightest bit. But for people who want to buy a Rolls Royce, they, they go to Rolls Royce and go, well, can you do it cheaper for me, please? Yeah, because exactly. you know what you're investing in. And like, if people don't want to pay for it, they don't have to pay for it. Yeah, it's fine. Like, like to be honest with you, I make most of my money from teaching classes, right? I'm lucky I teach a big gym, which is lots of classes. Yeah. I teach one to ones primarily right now for people I actually want to teach. Mm. And that's not because I don't, like, when I, if I say to someone I, I don't want to teach or I haven't got any space, is what I normally say. It's not because I don't like them. But like I have to, I only teach people now who I have a working like rapport with because sure. you're in a room with them for an hour. You're messing your time. Like, right? well, it's, yeah, and you're in a room for an hour. Like if it's painful, mm. like if we were doing a podcast now, it was like, yeah, no, nope. like, you know, like it'd be a yeah. long podcast, right? It would and, like, be. And, and also like the other thing with my job is a lot of the time I'm teaching basics, mm. which is fine, but I don't want to teach someone like first ever class here's how you shrink here's how you forward roll I do that all the time for my job anyway yeah. it's like mine, It's like soul destroying yeah. like, so I, I, I like teaching mostly I, I generally teach either really experienced white belts where, where I can teach them high level stuff yeah. and they're really like keen or blue belt and above because I'm like I want to be able to help you get better at things you already know don't want to show you like obviously if I'm showing someone in advance any, that's fine but like if I'm showing them how to shrink mm. and they're doing it fine I'm like I think it's changed as well, like, you know, how people want to learn. Like, when I started, people were like, right, doing shrimps for an hour, get on with it, and go. And we, did, and we got on with it, and we did it. Yeah. You know, like, maybe not that extreme, but, like, you know, we didn't question anything. If we questioned mm. it, there'd be, like, a look, and we'd be like, well, maybe not, back in my box. <laughs> you know, like, I think I questioned something once, and Pedro was like, okay, so, like, uh, do you want to take the class? And I was like, mm, no, I think I'm okay, thank you. Like, you know, like, it's that ultimate thing, and not harsh, it's just, it's, if you want to be good at something, right, it's like that, like, Mr. Miyagi thing. You, you do what you're told, you know? Yeah. If Pedro tells me the best thing to do for my jiu-jitsu is to do forward rolls for two hours, <laughs> then I guess I'll do forward rolls for two hours. You know? Because, yeah. like, who am I to question it? Maybe at black belt level, I could ask why. Yeah. You know, but at white belt level, I'm like, these days, everyone, because of the exposure to content, instruction, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, but Gordon says do this. And I'm like, wicked. Like, go train with Gordon, then. They're like, yeah. oh, I can't afford to go train with Gordon. I'm like, well, then train with me. <laughs> you know, like, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, like, so I use instructionals now. Like, I'll pick, like, I, I do a lot of butterfly guards. Mm-hmm. I've been to train with Adam Wozinski a few times, and I watch a lot of his content. But I don't watch, like, four hours of it and then go to the gym and try and do it. I'll work through it, yep. like, over a year, yeah. or maybe more, you know, like, and, like, I went to, a few, I've been to a few seminars with him, like, every time I go to a seminar, I'll make a note of the techniques, but I'll just work through them, like, mm. a month on one, just add one thing at a time, or, like, I might be like, oh, I'm working on a certain side control escape at the moment and a certain yeah. sweep. I'm not going to work on a sweep of submission, a side control escape, a back escape, mount escape, yeah. because no one can do that. No, no one can. Even if you're like obsessed and writing everything in a little notepad every day, no one can maintain that for long because you no. just eventually go mad. You've got like, too many you know, options. Like, I think the last instructor I invested into was Andrew Wilts's uh, Buzzsaw No Gi Pass. His content's amazing. Yeah, his content's like, amazing. Instructor, well. Like, I actually really like his style of teaching because it's like you feel like you're being taught by your mate, yeah, rather than like a very formal kind of instructional. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Again, even that one again. Obviously, they had like a discount price at the time. Mm. I was like, I think I just started watching Daisy Fresh and stuff like that. And I was like, I like this guy. This is wicked. Happy yeah. to invest into him and hope he can get some more. Is it Panda Express? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, going and talk a little bit more that type of thing. But even then, was like, I think it was five or six segments that were in it. And I was like, yeah. right. Obviously, working through one of it, I was like, right. This is what I got to work on. Just getting that hand on the hip or to begin yeah. with, and then working from there. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, I find that when you watch stuff, it's not just that I don't like. I don't watch it. Like, I discipline myself to not watch all at once. I, l- I watch like one disc of it. Disc is I'm so old. <laughs> like one, whatever you want to call it, of it. 
And I'm like, I'm inspired to go train that stuff. I don't want to watch another one. It's like we go to seminars sometimes. Mm. I, I now try and avoid booking three-hour seminars for a gym because I don't think it's a good way to learn. Like, no. like what can you learn in three hours that you can't be taught in two? You know, mm. like two is like a really good time frame. Like we've had some really, we had like Kynan last, this year. Yeah. And he didn't teach a super long seminar, but he did like an hour and a half gi and an hour and a half no gi. Nice. And taught totally different things, totally different things entirely. Nice. Which was really good in some senses. As much as I liked themes in a seminar, I did kind of different stuff. But I remember everything he taught. Yeah. Because an hour and a half of each, he showed like a back recovery system for no gi and then some other stuff for the gi, some like, some more um, like half guard based stuff. Yeah. But I, I use it all still. Yeah. Like it's really usable. And it wasn't overly, it wasn't like a million techniques. Mm. I think that's the same with instructionals. Like I know Emily touched on it in a studio podcast. Like I say to people all the time, I'm like, I'm not saying anything wrong with, like there's this, obviously this wave at the moment, like Danaher stuff, which does my head in. John Danaher's amazing, but like guys that just do Nogi who are like only watch Danaher and Gordon stuff and only drill that stuff. And I'm like, you've got a very, very, very good black belt running this gym. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that they, you shouldn't do that. And like, and the guys in my gym are really good with that, especially like the new guys. They're like, I'm like, then go rent a shed, mm. put it on the TV and drill there, you know, drill with each other. Go find a laundromat. Yeah, because other than the sparring <laughs> partners, what's the difference? Like, yeah. you know, I'm not saying, like, you, you're watching instructional should complement your training, not yeah. not be your training, be you know. Like a supplement. Like, you yeah. know, like, not yeah. like watching that and drilling that four or five days a week, going to the old class, ignoring what the teacher says, sparring and just trying to use the techniques you see off the instructional. Mm. What's the point? Why are you training with that? Right yeah. Like, same people come and train with me. I'm, anyone that trains with me, tell you, I am the most open-minded guy in the world. If someone says to me, I'm always saying to Pedro, I've seen like this Nicholas Marigali thing, what do you reckon? I showed him yeah. this week last night. And Pedro's really receptive as well. He's like, oh, that's amazing. Like, show me again. He does it on me. We start doing it. And then he uses it on me. But that's, <laughs> that's by the by. But like, if someone's like, I get very, very annoyed by the disrespect of like, when people are like, you can tell when someone's like, oh yeah, but so-and-so says to do it like this. And you go, well then, like, don't come to class then. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be like, hey, I've been, I saw this and I've been drilling it like this and I've actually been getting a bit, fair bit of success with it. Mm. What do you think of this style of thing? Like I'll always say to Pedro, hey, what do you think about this? I've been doing this recently. I saw it on a thing. Yeah. He go, oh yeah, but the problem is this. And I go, oh yeah, fair bit. I didn't really think about that. Like, you know, that's another side of that technique I didn't consider. Yeah. I'll always ask his opinion and, and he knows that I'm always asking him because I want to improve. Mm. Not being like, I don't think your technique's any good. Yeah. Do, I think I should do this instead. It's yeah. like there's a way to do it. But yeah, Exactly. I think I had the same situation previously where uh, we would, uh, I would drink obviously in my club, obviously single mm. leg X and they were talking about obviously different movements and obviously you do the typical thing, go on YouTube, look at what obviously, not necessarily what everyone else is doing, but mm. you see the, oh right, we're drilling this technique and then typical John Danaher one comes up and they talk yeah, about. Yeah, and there's value to that, 100% like, there's different ways to approach it. And then interestingly enough, went back to a different club I was doing some open mat with and the instructor there was just going through stuff and he said, you don't need to do that. That's a complete waste of time. And I yeah. was like, how come he said, the, the technique of it's there, but the practicality yeah. isn't necessarily needed. And yeah. time-saving essences, you can just cut that segment out altogether. Yeah. You don't need it. And I think it's the way that you approach the question in the sense of saying, well, this person's telling me to do it this way, so why are you different? Yeah, and like, why are you questioning it? Like, yeah. if you've got like, I've, we've probably all been there where you've got a way of doing a technique. Like, you know, Pedro might show me something, and in my head I'm going, oh, I've been doing it like this, though, and I quite like that too. Mm. And, like, that's fine as well. Like, you know, like, you're not going to be influenced just by one person, but, you know, have that respect for the person that read, you're training with. Read the room, I think read is the best. Read the room, yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, and don't make it obvious that you think that, like, you know, there's times where, like, I've always appreciated the fact that, like, Pedro will be happy to be like, well, try it. Mm. Take on with it, you know? See what you think. And I'll invariably go back, like, six months later and be like, 
yeah, actually, you're way better. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, cool. And like, it's that mum and dad situation. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, but I want to stay up until two o'clock every morning and do this. Like, okay. Just be respectful <laughs> yeah. how you do it, you know? And like, like, I wouldn't go up to Luke and Clayton and be like, they show me technique. I'm like, nah, I've seen it better. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because they do stuff differently. And like, it's fine. basics are not the same everywhere. You know, like, people do way different things. There's no better or worse. Yeah. It's just. I, do you know what, honestly, probably the big experience I got, obviously, when I had to uh, move gyms, it was the fact of like, different ways not sort of teaching and stuff mm. obviously every, it was good to see obviously well, yeah, like, this yeah. is happening here as well which is good but just different styles and stuff and everything yeah, yeah, of course. and it was just very eye-opening to see okay oh cool well this is and that, that I think it was a bit of a privilege in the sense of like okay fine I wasn't just used to just one one way if you yeah. see what I mean not yeah, saying yeah. either way was right in the no, slightest no, no, no. bit but it no, was no, no. very eye-opening to like see, the okay. proof is in the pudding that like for example like my sweat box and like training with Gracie I was like with Luke and Clayton yeah both got really good people. Yeah. Like, you know, if one gym is really good and one gym is terrible, you'd have an argument to say that, like, you know, or like that maybe there's things to change. Yeah. But, like, there's multiple ways to produce. And when well, I say multiple ways, we're doing the same stuff. 100%. Just different focus on different things. I, I, you think, know, like, I think everyone knows, obviously, the good gyms from the bad gyms, yeah. I think. And, and, like, there's definitely, like, we talked about before, like, there's ways to evolve. Like, I know that Ash recently, Ash Williams has been doing seminars on like ways to drill yeah you know and a couple of other guys that they were training with him and came back were like yeah they're doing like like this more like active drilling stuff mm. and there's definitely room for evolution like there's, I'm, what i mean is it's like i'm not saying that what we do is the best way to do it or that like what rod gracie is like yeah, the best way to do it. Good, yeah there's always ways to improve and like there's definitely like we're i think we're quite behind compared to some of the way they drill in the states mm. like if you look at rest because they just had doing it longer you know and they've got yeah. like very established 100%. drills you know but we're but definitely that gap is closing you know, like, it's what we talked about, like sport, you know, updating, like strength training, updating. Everything is becoming more systemized now. Yeah. And we're looking for like a little advantage. Look how the Mendes brothers run their gym. Yeah. They definitely don't turn up in the morning and go, what are we going to drill? How are we going to drill it? They're like, yeah, we're doing this. This is how we're doing it. You know, this many minute rounds, you know, yeah. this is, is the focus. This is what you're trying to do. This is what you're trying not to do. Yeah. You know, like structuring stuff like that is the way forward, you know? I think that's the evolution with many sports. Again, I'll refer back to it. So again, it's not deeply into the heritage and like spitting probably mm. like CrossFit again in the sense of in the approach of when you had the CrossFit games yeah. you had no idea what was going to be thrown at you mm-hmm. and all. so you there was no stre- set structure for oh this year we're doing yeah, swimming yeah. and people I were I like, actually think what? that's a really good way to, a really important thing in Jiu-Jitsu as well is to not make there's a pros and cons but if every session is like totally predictable mm-hmm. you're probably staying in your comfort zone to some yeah. degree you know, I, I like in like, the morning classes that I teach to mix it up sometimes like and do like like warm-up games that are like part jiu-jitsu and part just yeah. like that kind of fun you'd have with your mates when you're yeah the games be like you know tying your belt right just waiting trying to stop them passing guard and stuff yeah. like that you know those games that aren't probably like super productive for getting better at jiu-jitsu but they are really good for like you know like the mood of the class you know getting yeah. everyone ready to train you're getting yeah, everyone excited definitely. to train you know like you've got to mix it up a little bit otherwise yeah, if every class is the same format yeah people get to a point where they're like you know been doing this like this for like five years <laughs> 20 minutes of shrimping again yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, so like yeah everything has a it's good to see rhythm. like i said it's nice to see how it's evolving and how it's leveling up and i, I think from my perspective it's just not to say covering it and making sure and coddling it it's just making sure we don't repeat the same mistakes as other other industries have done mm. so and it's so that's where like said, from a nutrition standpoint i'm like okay i can like i keep on seeing posts about creatine loading everywhere at the moment yeah like, i saw your thing on that it's like, i was like it doesn't need to be done. Yeah, yeah. I wrote some journals about it recently. Basically, just take protein. Yeah, just take like, it. Like 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 any other supplement, take it, and you will like like even if there that I saw it, obviously there isn't, but even if there was a 
a thing of like, you no, know, it takes time to accumulate in a system or something, yeah. then that will happen anyway. Yeah, like, that's, you know, that's like, the point. And then, and like, you know, like, it's like if you take any supplement, like say you take medicine, right, antibiotics, yeah. You don't take it for one day, yeah. and like the infection goes away entirely. You, it's an accumulation, you know. Once it's yeah. in your system, and you're like replenishing your natural stores or increasing your natural stores, something. Yeah, exactly. It just naturally. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's a prime example of like a like you said like money making, trying to sell more creative, but also like quick fix. Like you know, like take twenty five grams of it one go, and you'll be massive tomorrow. It's like, <laughs> or take the sensible amount of it for like three months. Yeah, same thing with very The thing is, people just don't like consistency and boringness. No. And, like, and I'm sorry to say, but that is what prevails the majority of the time. Yeah, yeah. And like my job, obviously, when I work with clients and obviously all different spectrums, not just jiu-jitsu alone, yeah. is that the biggest, biggest cursor for people who do well and don't mm. do well are the people who are consistent, consistent yeah. and probably more analytical about stuff and less emotional about like, it. Like, I remember buying my wife a supplement, like a multivitamin thing. Yeah. She was like, I'm never going to remember to take it every day. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, like it's probably do a load of good. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, but I won't ever take it every day. I'm like, well, if you really want to, you will. Yeah. And if you really don't want to, you won't. So like, that's it. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. Up to you. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the immediate sort of reaction or gratification you want from it with a lot of these things. Yeah, and we, yeah. we as humans are just very impatient with stuff. If yeah, you yeah. don't see the benefit of it immediately, you go. But I do understand that, that you do wish there's a button you could press and that's like six months supply in your system. You don't have to ever think about it ever <laughs> It would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> like really, really useful. But you're right. Again, it's the same with the illness type of thing in the sense that people go, Oh, I've been really ill. Oh, I better start taking my multivitamins now. Exactly. Like, it's not going to make any difference. You shouldn't be doing this for three Some of the PTs already. at the gym were talking about the other day, like how they like, they're like, I, they all talk about how much they like eating eggs. They're like, <laughs> I really hate having to cook eggs every day. I wish I didn't have to cook them every day. Like the, the routine of that like breaks me. And I'm like, yeah, it is, isn't it? Like if you're that disciplined. Yeah. And obviously those guys do cook and eat eggs every day because they're really dedicated PTs. Yeah. But at the same time, they're like, I, God, I wish there was a button. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. all the things that like are bad about short, like, you know, like, instant gratification like I wish it was just a, yeah. a magic egg pan that just did like, <laughs> like poached eggs and then washed itself up and then like scrambled eggs and it's like that was that and that was done. done it reminds me obviously it gives you flashbacks to sort of like Arnold back in the day just like dugging eggs type thing just for yeah. the sake of it like we can't all deny we've all tried it at one point going like oh this would be easy no problem and yeah. like next day like consistency is the hardest bit and I struggle yeah. that with my diet in the sense of like my diet I eat pretty clean but like if it's the like seventh in a row I made eggs I'm like yeah it, that's where my mind goes I could just have this it'd be quicker it's interesting it's, it's a couple of camps which is like from speaking to lots of different practitioners competitors mm. hobbyists whatever it may be is that you've got one camp which is like I just don't address it at all I just go for it and I'm like cool that's absolutely fine we have the people kind of in the middle where they'll keep consistent like yourself and then like yeah. it would get a bit boring and stuff and I'd say the biggest thing to encourage someone in your position in there is to typically try and understand the other food groups that you might be incorporating, which is different to what your normal yeah. structure is, to eliminate its kind of good or bad yeah, mentality, yeah. which can sometimes be quite hard based on what we read all the time. Because, yeah. to say the least here, you'll be in the camp where you're very close to optimal performance, yeah. and you see like, ah, oh, this is the optimal performance, no variability, we have the same meals all yeah, the time yeah. type thing, and I don't want to be the guy who does that thing. Yeah. And so for the people in your position, it's probably the trickiest out of anything because there's no clear-cut option. Do you yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. And it's trying to say that majority of time, like as you, I think you mentioned before, you have a focus on your protein. Yeah. yeah. You have an understanding of calories. Right? Daily protein, like I don't really waver on that unless, if I do, I'm aware of it. Yeah. That's probably one thing I'm, I'm not obsessed with that, but I'm like, if I have a day where I don't have enough protein, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I'm like, I definitely didn't eat enough protein today. There we go. Like, just for recovery and like injury prevention yeah. and anything, like Massively. not... I mean, obviously, if you're bodybuilder, you're like freaking out about it. But look, for me, I'm not like I'm gonna get smaller. I'm like more like I'm probably just if I train really hard and I've had like a chicken sandwich, 
and probably no, I'm not recovered very well. You know, and tomorrow is going to be really hard. And like yeah. we talked about, like, like, it, like it's like debt, isn't it? You know, yeah. you don't just have a bad day and then tomorrow you feel great naturally. Yeah, you you, you, know? you got to keep again consistent with these sort of things yeah, and just yeah. be aware of it. And I think once when we get people who, for example, have never really looked into nutrition at all, type mm. of thing, and I tell them that by the end of this whole process, you're going to have another language that you've now yeah. learned, right? And this will be transferable anywhere at yeah. any point type thing. And once you've then taken that leap to do more than the meal plan, which mm. is, again, my biggest gripe, oh, I just need a meal plan. I'm like, no, you need to understand food. Yeah. So, like, what do you mean? I, I just need a meal plan and get results. I'm like, what are you going to do once you finish your meal plan? Yeah. Oh, I'll go back yeah, to the exactly. stuff that put me, put me in the bad position in the first place. Like, yeah. it's hard. It's not that simple, is it? No. You've got to go and learn it. You've got to pick it up. It's like me coming to you and saying, Right, I want to learn the flying triangle, please. Yeah, yeah. And you're going. Do you know anything else? No. No. <laughs> Just give me the di- give me the instructional, please. Yeah, the flying exactly. triangle, and that's it. Like, and uh, nutrition on. shouldn't be hard, but no. And people kind of take, and because there's so many spectrums, I see all the time people will revert to sports performance and think that's yeah. what I need to do straight away. I'm like, there are very few people who need to min max that to that level, yeah. right? To gain that extra one percent. To the guy who's competing locally, I don't know, once every three months at a local comp type thing. Right? Yeah, you could do some preparation on the lead up to it. Mm. I can't deny it. I always took the approach when it came to my jiu-jitsu training is that, yeah, when I started getting into it three times a week, absolutely great. Yeah. And then I was actually considering about competing. I was like, I don't want to be, th- I want to make sure that if I come against a guy who's been doing it three times a week, I've been doing six times a week yeah, because yeah. then for every one week he's done, I've done two weeks instantly. Yeah. Obviously, I may not be the best approach all the time, but it's the same thing with that nutritionist saying, okay, if I want to level myself up, give myself a little bit of advantage, that'd be fine. Will it make or break you winning a match? Probably not at that level, yeah. right? Top level where people are, oh, my knee's meshy. I, oh, I just felt dehydrated on the mat just because I just had to make the weight cut yeah. and like was delirious on there. I'm like, yeah. kudos to you for winning the match, but dear God, like how much further would you be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Without that. I think it's like a really common argument now as well, isn't it? People like will go and happily spend 150 quid per month with supply of supplements. But they don't get enough sleep. They yep. don't eat properly. Yep. They don't train properly, and they're like, "Oh, but the supplement I've taken will like hopefully sort me out." And you go, yep. "Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with supplements. Like, I use supplements, but like, me taking magnesium is definitely not going to outweigh me like being having had like one glass of water in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the biggest thing I know is that like if I'm on weeks where I'm training really hard every day, is that if I don't eat enough carbohydrates you in the day, the next day I feel like I like Absolutely. I'm like, oh, my cardio is gone." Yeah. Like, oh, it's not my cardio. I don't have any energy left yeah. in my body. Like, and thus I, I know if I'm used to feeling good, when I don't feel good, I feel terrible. Like, I was sat here with a bag. I, got, I think I've got some pop tarts in my bag ready yeah. for when I go uh, open that later type exactly. of thing, just to give like, myself I've got some food in me type thing. But yeah, you're very much right, and it's just having that awareness to begin with. And I think people just are naive to it as well yeah, in the sense they're just like, I'll be fine. I'll just go through my day to day, everything. And I'm like, yeah, you can make some significant differences. And as you mentioned with supplements in the day, there's. Definitely a big trend with Tonka Alley and things like that yeah, at the moment. Yeah, like and, I'm like, testosterone boosters. Yeah. and I'm just like, oh, God, here we go again. Just it's like, like kudos to the marketing team around these type of supplements. Yeah. And it reminds me, I used to use this as inspiration, obviously, when I first started. It was when Juice Plus was just the thing, yeah. right? Every, every hairdresser, beautician was trying yeah, to push it. it as their side business. As their side business, right? And I used to just say to them, like, I am inspired by the amount you're marketing this product, yeah. but it means I've got to do as much marketing yeah, as you yeah. or more to get my name in front of oh, it. Oh, that's what does my head in where it's like, they like, it sounds horrible, but it's, it's always like a housewife who's like lost weight. Yeah. And it's like, well, they've replaced one of their meals with like a hundred calorie like shake, that's like milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> you're it. like, well, of course you have. You've yeah. like had two meals a day rather than three for three months. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, like it's a huge calorie deficit. They're like, oh, I don't feel like it was. It's like, well, no, if you had a protein shake, you wouldn't feel like it was. Like, is it, my argument is again like the before and after pictures. That like they're good. Don't get me wrong, but it's the after after picture which is the real work type. Yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And also like <laughs> you, like, all those people that have proven that like you know you can do the same photos on the same day, like uh, like ten yeah. minutes apart, but lighting, yeah. like everything, outfit, everything. everything, yeah, everything. But so. yeah, in terms of like things like Tom Hat Alley and stuff, I try and say to people that that you get someone who is viewed as like a tier one operator, I think okay. is the best way of describing it. And so like military, professional sports player, really technical science job, which may yeah. not even be related, yeah. right? And they'll talk about it. They'll have the right background around it. They may even fake a Joe Rogan podcast type yeah, of yeah. thing behind it type of thing and say, this product's really, really good. You do a bit of digging, you find out actually they're involved with the company itself yeah, as well. Or, and then you look at the or research. Or they paid a load of money for to it. To promote like, it. And you then look at the research paper, and I've joked about this with people who've asked about Tom Cat I said, it helps with erections. Yeah. yeah. If you want an erection in the middle of the map, crack on yeah it's probably gonna make north south really fucking awkward for some person yeah but at the same time I've you're gonna get loads of people mad <laughs> likewise on top of it i think it was a, a crossfit seminar someone asked about it. i said look you trying to do a barbell clean with erections gonna be really fucking awkward mate or burpees it's gonna be a problem yeah burpees gonna be a real problem yeah real problem all of a sudden um but that's the point behind it is that yeah supplements are there as a as an aid on top of yeah. things and that that's what they need to be viewed at but the basics alone can yeah get or you does so like far. that thing because it gives an erection does that people just assume then that it also makes your testosterone go through the ceiling that's that that's you what know, like, it's like, they're like well you know like it, it must do because yeah, it's just it's mind-numbing because again a lot of these research papers they'll you and this is not to discredit any scientists because we all do it all the time right where we go like Oh, I wonder. Obviously, we get this particular chemical process when someone does follow the keto diet. Yeah. How can I put that into an athlete? And they'll talk about it hypothetically, yeah. and they won't actually take into consideration the whole spectrum of this individual type. Yeah, thing. and the difference with the scientists is they're fine to be wrong. Yeah, like a scientist is the majority of like, they are. Most like, of science is like <laughs> is proving something to be right until it's not. Like, yeah, you know, and that's how you deepen understanding. Like, oh, you know, we used to think this about like I know the universe. Yeah. And now we've realised this, we've realised, oh, that was wrong, but it led us to this, you know, like... Most research papers have come out with false, like, not yeah, false, false. Yeah, they, yeah. they come out with, like, this was not the result we wanted. No. And that's, and that's the majority of time. Or, like, that was right for a bit, and then we found this thing, and, yeah. and then now it's wrong. If you get a paper that says, disproves a hell of a lot of information yeah. all of a sudden, you are going to have so many eyes on it, just not because yeah, of, yeah. is it true or not, is to go, what have they done wrong to get this result? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not, say, set in stone or everything, of course, we're learning every single no. day. But you then look at it from a different perspective that you have someone come out, this is the new best thing, right? You'll be very surprised that you taking this drug is going to make you lose all the weight. You also, like, I know it's, again, it's the catch, but it's like, I wouldn't go to a hairdresser for my nutrition. Like, you know, like, like, you know, like, and like, and that's what, I think what annoys me is like, if you've got someone who's like, say a hairdresser, like who's, then also their nutrition degree. Yeah. Or, or a bit of nutrition understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And is offering to their mates some nutrition advice for free. Mm. You know, like, or like, you know, they're doing like a thing where you like, look, I'll, for the time it takes me, you know, chuck me a tan or I'll give you like a, yeah. like that, fine. But they're not. They're making like, they're using it as a business. They didn't know anything about juice life or like uh, herb life or juice yeah. life or stuff. They're just doing it because, and they're like, you know, they'll be like, they'll, they'll come across like an expert. They'll bombard you with information. They don't understand any of that information. No, they've given them a bit of shield. Of they, it's just like a pyramid they? scheme. They've been sat in a meeting for two hours, like they're like taking it all in yeah. and then regurgitating, aren't they? So that's an interesting point that just comes to mind. Then, um, and you've mentioned before about your role as a jiu-jitsu teacher is mm. not just a jiu-jitsu no. teacher. <laughs> like, you have everything else if under only. the sun. Um, 
obviously we've got some good um, support from like people like UK BJJ and that mm. type of stuff. Obviously trying to promote, show, obviously push and obviously help elevate obviously jujitsu in schools yeah. and stuff like that, which is really really yeah, good. Yeah, it's amazing. That do you think that you guys as teachers should have some more support in terms of like the questions that get given to you? Because I think you said you you're now a nutritionist, you're now I mean, obviously SSC, you know, like that. injury I mean, prevention it's doctor. Definitely going to be a good thing across the board. Yeah, can't not be a good thing across the board. Like the UK BJ are doing amazing stuff. Like if anyone doesn't know, you can now they've managed to make it so you can do GCSEPE yeah. as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is unbelievable. Like that's a ma- massive, milestone. massive milestone. And I think, like I've said you before, I think like the UK BJ are doing amazing things. Like if there isn't that support out there now for instructors, they're definitely going in that direction. A few of our guys, full disclosure, a few of our association black belts work within the UK BJ, but they like we don't we don't financially benefit from that or anything like that. So I have no. Bias no. or anything like that. I just think they're doing amazing things. Like Jiu Jitsu doesn't have a governing body worldwide, mm. but the UK BJ is the closest thing we have to one in the UK. And then if it's, not, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it is officially the, but they're definitely in that role, and they're doing an amazing job. Like you know, like they, not everything's perfect. You know, like you're never going to get it right the first time on everything, but as far as I, anything I've seen from them, they're just working tirelessly to, to try, and, do try and have standards, which is what we need. We need standards like across the board. You know, like yeah, there's been you know, lots of things recently, some good, some bad, really horrendous accusations against certain people in the community. And when that happened, there wasn't any, there's no official governing body to say, we need a full investigation into this. It was a, you know, I think he investigated himself, the person in question, and found himself (laughs) not guilty or some nonsense like that. (laughs) Shockingly. And like, there's been, and like, people don't want to say stuff because it's a small sport and everyone's got like a, connection mm. to that person or something like that you know and not because they're like don't get me wrong like, I don't mean that people want to stand up and say something but it's like you think like well how much is my individual voice going to be listened to mm. you know like and what can I do about that whereas if you and I'm, like I said there's not I'm not saying you shouldn't say anything like absolutely the opposite you should 100% stand up and say something and call it out but with a governing body you have much more power to do that yeah. you know if it gets like in any other sport if something horrendous a horrendous accusation if a footballer was accused of something, it would go through the FA to the yep. police. And, and then if the police go, oh, he's not guilty, then the FA would go, okay, cool. Right. But like, they, they wouldn't go, the FA wouldn't find out about it and go, oh, we'll let them decide for themselves if they're guilty. Mm. And when they tell us what they think, yeah. we'll just crack on. Yeah. It would have to go through all full like, legal procedure. And that's what one day jiu-jitsu is going to have and one day it will... I, I hope so. I think, like I said, looking at other sports and what I've seen so far mm. and how it's like transpired is, uh, again, hate to use this, but the bodybuilding community have had some absolute cowboys in terms yeah. of like, this is how you do your nutrition, this is how you train, this type of stuff, go and take X, Y, Z, hassling in Jesus, of course, yeah. um, and this is what you need to do and are putting people in absolutely horrendous health implications yeah. because of it. Definitely. And there's no governing body behind it, right? Yeah. And there's other sports out there, like, again, HCS was CrossFit as another example, but you have specific courses in there where it's like, here's your level one, here's your level yeah. two, here's your level three. Now, I preach it with jiu-jitsu, you're going to probably find it very patronising, obviously, in your position. You mm. go, go and do your level one instructor course. I, I don't know, is, yeah, is there such I mean, thing like, out there? Like, I don't think there is, but, like, I mean, maybe not like that, but I think, like, one thing that will have, I think it will come, I was talking about something the other day about, like, right now, no one gets wages. You know, mm-hmm. no one's paid by a jiu-jitsu club to be like on the. You know, like if you look at a footballer, they get pay, they don't get paid to win. Yeah, they, I'm sure they get bonuses, but they get paid to participate. Yeah, you know, because they're of that standard. You know, you don't say to a Bristol City footballer because you're not in the Premier League, you don't get paid, right? And same like now, a lot of the comps now, there's a lot more opportunities for black belts to earn money, but a lot of them still are based on winning. 
you know, like you win a big, like like that BJ Stars last weekend, you know, yeah. like there's 16 people, 15 people didn't win. I don't know if they got paid, but they certainly didn't get paid. The top prize was like 20K, right? Or 30K, like when you work out, convert it from Brazilian money. Oh, I thought, I, I, thought say, I swear I saw a lot more digits yeah, than that I think, on there. I think that was in Brazilian currency, but I might be wrong, but like, I think it works out about 30, 40K, right, maybe? Mm. But if that's the top prize, then the guys, they're not winning 30, 40K each. Otherwise, yeah. why do you have top prize? So like, yeah. maybe, they won't, maybe they get a couple of grand each, right? Which is great. Yeah. But that's like, when you work out over a year in the training and it's actually a full-time job, yeah. then, and these guys, don't be wrong, they're making full-time jiu-jitsu a job. You know, they're making good money. I'm sure they are all earning good money, right? Yeah. But incomparable to other sports. You know, like, if you're like a footballer or Formula One driver, yeah. you know, at the top of your sport, you're earning a lot, lot more. Even in Formula One, not all the drivers get paid. Yeah, exactly. That's so, the, people don't understand that. Yeah. Like they have to have the right financial backing, sponsorships, For sure. all that type of stuff. Type but of I mean, look, there's more. If you find out that Lewis Hamilton earns X amount, you wouldn't go, oh my God, I thought he only earned 100 grand. You'd know the top guys are earning big money. Yeah. And it does trickle down to some degree. Like you don't have, it's not only like one guy winning. Yeah. If you reach the top of most sports, you know. Like, and I think maybe one day Jiu-Jitsu will have salaries, you know, like, you know, you, you mm. are part of a club and everyone gets paid. I'm not about mega money, but like, you know, a couple of grand a month, like a, like a yeah. normal job. Yep. Like, um, uh, maybe that'd be the way forward. And then they won't need to win to, to get paid. Yeah. You it, know, like, like maybe they get paid more <laughs> if they win, but like. It's interesting because I came to a conversation we had before the podcast started about being in the position from a business perspective that you're, you're. I don't know, your finances are covered to the point that it's not all just about trying to get more money through yeah, the door. Yeah, exactly. You then start opening your eyes up personally for me about, oh, where can I reinvest my time, my energy, yeah. my finances into yeah, yeah. evolving it even better type thing. Yeah. And I, I think we've all seen it before, uh, like I say, locally, could be further afield where a gym has got a certain amount of members coming through and the gym doesn't seem to improve in the slightest bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mat, mats are in absolute pieces. Like yeah, yeah. Changing rooms in absolute shit pit type yeah. thing. Everyone's yeah. coming with stinky geese type thing. And then you see the owner kind of rock up in, I don't know, Range yeah. Rover Sport type thing. And then it's like, okay, yeah, there is guys. Yeah, exactly. Like the old, like, yeah. like, I'm Jeff, like guys like driving around in Ferraris or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not paying their athletes. But like, and I think conversely, it's like the money has to be invested into the, infrastructure for it to get better yeah like when we were at the old gym pedro definitely wasn't driving around in a in a ferrari you know and like we and we only had a small space so there's only so many students you can have mm. having a gym like the sweat box a huge increase in space means you can obviously do a lot more and 100%. the business can grow so like it you need a bigger space and yeah. you need that investment and like that investment couldn't have just come from me and pedro it no. needs to be part of a bigger business you mm. know like with more investors and more people behind it to get it going because it's a huge space and the cost of that like the setup cost is bonkers i hate to think obviously with like <laughs> prices of like energy and that type of stuff going up about how again i'm not aware but people having to put up their prices and stuff like that i don't know if you yeah like we've i think we put our prices up by five pounds a month okay for people. but like you know and that that was something that, they, that we were reluctant to do but when like when you see the, the increase in our bills it's terrifying like the increase in the bills so like just trying to do what you can to Keep the need that on. balance, you know. Yeah. Like you need to have like, like we when we train at seven a.m. We need to have the heating on for twenty minutes because yes. <laughs> the room is cold. You know, like yeah. you can't get around that. And it's like you can say, "Oh, we're not have the heating on," but then you lose any members, like, yeah. cause, like because that's how the world works. You know, yeah. so trying to make a balance, you know. And like I know that when we put the price up, the directors were not like, "Oh yeah, more money." They were like, "Don't want to do this." Like, no. but it's just like, what's the least we can charge to to try make it viable? Yeah. So. Yeah. 
again, there's other gyms like that. I know obviously Trojan and stuff they've gone to do it recently as well. Type yeah. Thing. And like you speak to Matty and And also the cost like, of like <laughs> they had to put the price of their protein up recently, about a couple of quid, you know. Yeah. And I know that like from their perspective they're very apologetic about it. But I think from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, do it. Mm. Like, you know, like your your product's excellent. You know, if it goes from thirty five quid to thirty eight quid, I think it is something like that. I'm like, that's not a problem. No. You know, like I just, fortunately I just, enough, that's not a problem. You know, like I'm lucky, maybe I'm privileged, I can say that, but that for me that's not a problem, you know. I was paying for it and like you don't want to see people it kind of goes back to what we were saying about charging what you're worth mm-hmm. you know you can be like oh we'll just keep the price the same you know we'll take that loss yep. but I don't I think sometimes in like, you know, like especially the same doing what I do I'm like oh if I put it up by £10 people won't like book me for one to one if you actually got feedback people are like yeah whatever put up 20 quid. Yeah. like whatever you know like, yeah. like it wouldn't like I'm not going to have a one to one more than twice a month and whether it's 50 quid or 60 quid I don't care I had that with one of your um, guys down there once who wanted some help for, I mm. think it was, you know, the Euros. Okay. Gave him all the advice and everything like that. Yeah. He like, sent me the invoice and they told me how much is it type of thing, told me the price, and he was like, you've done way more than me for me than I was even expecting for this. Like, I can't, like, I'm going to give you more whatever type of thing. And I was like, it's fine, but that's the standard that I hold myself to. Yeah. And the fact is, obviously, this wasn't, this was like a very, not a quick fix thing. It was like, I think, like 10 days out before that and yeah. panicking about stuff. And I was like, right, okay, well, Let's yeah. just calm it down, deal with it type of thing. I said, look, dude, at the end of the day, you can be said and done, yeah? I just want you to shout my name from the rooftops, yeah? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm happy, yeah? But then, like, conversely, it's like, it goes both ways, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. you're probably understanding yourself. Yeah. In some, to some <laughs> yeah. degree, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's like, we, we, I think probably what you, like, you're getting at and the same I'm getting at is when you hold yourself to a really high standard, mm. you don't maybe perceive it as, not like as big a deal, but, like, you probably sell yourself short because you're like, there's plenty of people out there who would say, oh, just don't eat. Mm, yeah. Don't eat and drink and you'll make weight. And they go, oh, cool, I can perform terribly. And like, but, like, you know, they, but they make weight every time because you tell them to like, yeah. starve themselves. Whereas if you care about what you do and you really, you're really invested and passionate about it, mm. you don't want to charge more because you also want to help people out. Yeah. Like, I think anyone that does what we do, like coaching of any type, yeah. you want to help people out. That's the underlying reason. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, you, I, I, like, I, you wouldn't be a nutrition coach if you hated everybody but just wanted to make loads of money off of it. I've had some people, I think uh, a friend of mine came back from Thailand and he said, obviously, he spoke to a few people who were online coaches and they said, oh, it's easy making money. You just make a plan, chuck it out for you. But it is, isn't it? it? And I'm like, scarily. Scarily is like that. And I said, the difference between them, them and me, mate, is they don't give a fuck. And they won't last. And it won't last. And it'll be, it's the same thing. I, I, and this is not to hit on anyone, like I said, who's gone down like modeling route or anything like yeah. this type of thing. I'm like, you're going to age. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's only so much cosmetic surgery is going to hold you, and in terms of you putting all your eggs in one basket from there, if you want to be smart about it, you're going to diversify very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my, like a few of my friends, like my wife and her, they're like, sometimes they're like, it's all fine and well taking like diet and fitness advice from like a 20 year old girl. Yeah. But the majority of 20 year old girls at that stage don't, like, they might be super knowledgeable, might be an amazing PT, but like, you haven't had the changes in your life no. at 20 that probably, like, you can. I'm not, I don't mean I can't sell that advice. Same that it doesn't really, like both male or female. But like, you know, you can't be like, oh, you know, like weight loss tips, you know, stuff like that. You know, when you're like, when I was 21, I could eat like seven pizzas yeah. in a row and nothing happened. Yeah. Like it's just that it's context, isn't it? It's like you know, it's it's understanding that it's the same thing I imagine. Obviously, for me, not having kids and giving you parenting advice. Exactly. Right? Like if you haven't had to deal with that problem, how are you? Yeah. qualified to, to advise so, yeah, on it. Yeah, and it's the same thing like, I say to people when I talk about like the menstrual cycle and I say, look, I'm talking from textbook here, yeah, I'm talking from yeah, science, exactly. right? I've never had a period in my life I don't plan to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? 
Um, that's another conversation. That's a whole <laughs> but you know, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, it's like that's not your area. But I'll say to him, look, this is what science says. Yeah. yeah? At the same time, this is what we're yeah, looking yeah. at here. This may apply to you in some instances. This may yeah. not apply. You might get a light bulb and go, "Oh my god, that makes perfect For sense sure. to me." Or you go, "That's completely backwards to what it is," and that's fine. We'll put you in my avenues yeah. for it. But I get exactly what you mean. I guess to qualify what I was saying just then is like, so we have our daughter's nearly four. Yeah. And like, my wife had a difficult like birth and pregnancy mm. and she's like she's on Instagram and there's like a 21 year old girl who's not had any kids advising on like what to do after you've had your baby to get your body back in shape and like obviously it makes my wife super angry she's like well, what, would, what would you even know like, <laughs> yeah. like obviously like, so you can go yeah. to textbooks and stuff like that but it's like it's like my wife obviously follows PTs on Instagram yeah. who have had babies yeah. and got themselves back in wicked shape afterwards you know because she's like yeah you've done it yeah. you've walked that walk you know yeah, talk that talk yeah, so yeah. like I'm not saying you can't do it but like, if you have no experience in that department, yeah. but I think it's that's hard. A, I think that's relatable, and that's why, like I said, I, I've kind of, like I said, made BJJ nutrition stuff because of obviously my passion for jujitsu. Yeah, exactly. The idea being, as I, I think, obviously, I've already spoken before about this, how jujitsu is changing now, especially with the way in structure. It's not the old school methodology. No, of being people like, are more open to science. Yeah, and I, and I think on top of that as well is that the way in procedures have changed now drastically, where it's not like everyone used to say, "Well, you just wait on the same day." Right? How would you, you yeah, can't do anything? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now it's like no, the old route was that you ne- there was never day before weigh in, never, so day never before consideration. Weigh in. You've now got obviously morning weigh in compared to evening comp- competition, yep. right? You've totally now got obviously day before, like, and all that type of stuff. And now the good thing about it is obviously as things are evolving, it's kind of saying, right, let's just do the sensible stuff and not mm. repeat the mistakes of other other sports, which is good. But mate, we've been uh, waffling on now for a, a good while, hour yeah. and a half, which yeah. is good to see. It's flowing nicely, which is yeah. good. Uh, I'll move on to the uh, Instagram yeah, questions no that we had. So. Uh, we had one come in late yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. and this is a bit of a jokey one. He said, how come your head seems to have gotten bigger with every belt promotion? Thanks, Dan Templer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my nickname's Cabasau, which means big head in Portuguese. I, I have no issue with that nickname. I have no choice with that nickname. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my jiu-jitsu brand now. Yeah. Like, I got a nickname. One thing, if you're going to do jiu-jitsu, you can't be sensitive. No, like everyone has a nickname it's kind of I think I, I'm not an expert but I think in Brazil it's a little bit different in that like virtually everyone has a nickname it's based on your physical appearance you know it's not meant with any malice like I've heard some pretty horrendous nicknames <laughs> that, like, you get, like, pretty, like, but like I think in Brazil it's a little bit different because like, everyone gets a nickname yeah. you're a little bit more laid back about stuff like that you know like here we're very like very woke and very sensitive and very like you know oh you can't say that and you go well you can't say that about someone else like behind their back, but if that's a nickname that they have and they are okay with it, you know, and like, and they, and that's part of like, it's, it's an, a term of endearment, I think is yeah. the thing. Like I've never felt any, like I get the piss taken me all the time at the gym and I take the piss out of everyone else. Yeah. And that's something I love about my club is that like, you know, like we, we poke fun at Pad. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty, it's pretty back and forth. Exactly. No, it's fine. I, I don't have a Brazilian, uh, Brazilian or Portuguese nickname to say the least. Everyone's known me as a nutritious Jay. Nutritious Jay. The, the like king that. of the avocados. <laughs> I think it's Mikey who always puts on every single post I talk about that and he's like yeah. the king of the avocados is talking right now. Nice. I'm like, That's we're good. good. It's all right. It's a lot better than uh, some <laughs> of the other ones I've heard before. So, um, other question we had coming was how do you make such good coffee? Yeah, so I worked, that's going back to what we talked about earlier on. Like I worked in a, when I started jiu-jitsu after uni, I needed a job, so I started working at Starbucks. I worked there for seven years. While I was, basically, I was doing, I'd work 6.30 to 11.30 a.m. in Starbucks. Yeah. I'd then run to the gym to do the lunchtime <laughs> class, come home, have some lunch, have a sleep, do the evening class, teach like kids class, begin the class, train the evening class, 
go home, get to bed late, have a meal, go to bed, and then do that like every day. Like that's what I was on about, about like, oh, he's so lucky to do jujitsu. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, that must be nice. That must be nice. It's like, like they won't like, see we it. We didn't go on holiday for like seven years with my wife. Like yeah. basically, other than like the odd like family holiday that like we didn't pay for because we had no money. Like mm. my wife was trying to work out what she wanted to do with her career. I was just doing that working part time and training, so it's tough, you know. But like, yeah. I was really lucky, and I actually really loved my job at Starbucks. So I was kind of gutted when I left it. <laughs> I left it to better things to go full time in jujitsu, but it was a really fun job. And actually, I worked in a neighbourhood store, so basically like repeat customers, yeah. not like a busy one in town. It's just nice. Yeah, it's it's nice, sociable. It's nice to hear the commitment you put towards it because I think again. I'm sure, obviously, it's just with an age thing, and I'm sure every generation says the same thing, but just it seems to be the, the younger generation just expect a lot just given yeah, to given them. them. And I, I try and explain to people that the fact that, and again, mm. this is not to be a worries me story, but for four, four and a half years, I lived in a static caravan and right. had to, I had to basically, for internet, had to boost off my phone every single time nice. right, to try and run a business. And yeah, I was yeah. just like, Okay, I could have gone pity party, worries me, what yeah. could I do type thing. I was like, oh, just get on with it. Yeah, with it. like there's nothing else to it. And now, don't get me wrong, touch wood, got my own fat, absolutely fine, happy, happy days type thing. And I'm like, okay, now I've got more time and more. <laughs> I did worry about getting a bit too soft in a solid pool place. <laughs> I was like, cold mornings. Really tough, isn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it's very hot in the summer and very cold in the winter type of mm. thing. But um, yeah, it's uh, put in a perspective that it's nice to hear again someone else who put in the time, put in the effort. Probably run away from Starbucks with the gear on type thing. Yeah, literally like running, like literally running from Whitehead's Road to Gloucester Road in Bristol yeah. off the top of it. So, yeah, Get extra cardio ready. Like, oh, Tom, you warmed up already. Yeah, they, they were amazing. Like, they let me like choose my hours, and I was like the least useful employee ever. I like, I was like, could never stay late, couldn't never cover a shift, but they knew what I did, and I think like I was really lucky that the people I worked with there were like, like they were a part of me being able to do what I do now as well because yeah. they were like, yeah, it's fine. You're like. I think they knew I was pursuing something I was passionate about, and they were like, "Yeah, go for it." One hundred percent. So they support that, which like a lot of jobs wouldn't have done. So no, that's good. That's that's good. Uh, The (laughs) next question we come in, I think I can answer based on how long we've been talking about this. But how are you such a nice guy? And if I'm honest, I think it's just you care about what you're doing. Yeah, I I care about what I do. I think like I talked about this like when we talked before, like about mental health. Like I, I, I would say that I to some degree struggle with my mental health. I think a lot of jujitsu people do. I think if you're self-employed. You work in a solo sport, you yeah. know, you, you like whatever you classify as struggling with your mental health, at least like, like day to day. Yeah. No one, I don't, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone in this work, like realm who's never like lost a competition felt like shit. <laughs> or like the grind of just maybe like you're just really deeply tired, you know, yeah. you need a break, yeah. you hold or whatever. But like, I think. I mean, if I am a nice guy, and people think that's lovely, like, I'm very well supported. Oh, yeah, so if go, no, I'm not a nice I'm guy, I'm coming for you. No, I'm very, very well supported. Like, my wife and my daughter, I'm very lucky in that sense. So we work hard in our relationship. We make time for each other. Mm. Like, I'm very well supported by my family. I have a lovely family. And my parents are, like, the nicest people you can ever meet. So maybe I learned that from them. Um, and I just enjoy working with people. Yeah. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy working with people. Like, my worst nightmare would be in a job where like there's no human interaction you know like I sit in front of a computer all day and I say check in and check out and say hi and bye yeah what did you have for dinner tonight oh yeah yeah like like, like I love I love working with people and like working with working Starbucks was really good for that like I knew everyone's all my customers names yeah like I just always done stuff like that like I did sports coaching degree you know like I just always wanted to work with people so I think if you're like happy in your I try and minimise all my drama outside of the gym yeah I don't do any bullshit drama like that I don't mm. do like you know any of that stuff that like oh I've got this going on obviously there's sometimes there's life events like we just bought a house and done it up 
must be really stressful. Yeah. But like, I can put that in a box. It's not emotional drama. It's just a bit of stress. I wonder if you're the same as me. I actually switch off a lot of the news. I don't, I don't I watch read, news at all. No, I just don't see it. Occasionally flick through the BBC on my phone, mostly to try and get the football scores. I'm an Evertonian. It's not a good team. <laughs> um, like, yeah, and I think like, I always say think being nice is a choice. Yeah. Like we were talking about this with my wife yesterday. I, I, I said off the back of you saying, you like, you seem to think I'm nice. Like, you know, it's a choice. Like, lots of things in life aren't a choice, but my pet, one of my pet hates in life in general is when you say hi to somebody, like, in a context where you would be expecting hi, and they're like, mm. you're like, just say hi, mate. It's not yeah. hard. Like, you know, just say much. hi and sm- like, smile and nod, you know? Like, yeah. one thing I love about Sweatbox is I know 500 people there yeah. to smile and nod to. Yeah. And then we know each other, and you recognize and go, all right, mate. Like, it doesn't have to be like, what's your life story? Yeah. You know, and, and like, when you, like, when you walk around, like, you go to London for the day, man, and like, if you say hi to anyone, they think you're mental. Yeah. Like, they're like, I why are you saying hi to me? And like, because it's nice to do. And I feel like the country bumpkin is like yeah. saying hi to everyone. <laughs> it's interesting. So I mean, last time I went to Paris, for example, uh, we were at the, where was it? Oh, it's my wife's, my wife's work it was. And so we were at the Paris Air Show. Okay. And just walking around in the morning, bonjour, bonjour. And I was yeah. like, and the first time you hear it, you're like, yeah. who the hell you yeah, are yeah, like yeah, and then and like all of a sudden it's like wow okay yeah and you're very much right like we're on this planet we all have our, our own time obviously to live and and in the day there's a lot of negativities around there a lot of type of stuff and people can get i find very irate about different things that they have very minimal control mm. over and so i got sort of phrase i think it was it's like don't worry about the rules of the game just play within the game itself yeah, yeah. and just be happy with, with that. I think you? also as well, like nobody talks about somebody they know. Say we talk about someone in the jiu-jitsu world, right? Yep. No one goes, on, like, you're not going to say, oh yeah, he's one of the comps. You're going to say, oh yeah, he's a really nice guy. Mm. You know, or not a really nice guy. Or a really nice girl. Right? Like, you know, like, you, no one's going to mention, oh yeah, he's an absolute prick. Yeah. But he's one of a few comps. You know, you're gonna, that's the, the only thing you care about on like an anecdotal, like, mm. is, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. Let's be real. I'm sure you've had competitions before where you kept in contact with your opponent and beat you. Like, yeah, and although I, we have one rule at the gym, is you make you do that chat afterwards because <laughs> that's one of my pet hates. Like, if I see my guys at a competition, like if they're like chatting before the comp, you know, in the like the warm pair, and they're like, "Oh, like where do you train? Like, ooh, like jujitsu friends." I'm like, "No, afterwards, pal." Like, <laughs> like, like that. Get, get like the, get the comp out of the way, and then be, that's what Pedro always says. And like, and I think it's super true. Is like, be mates afterwards. You're gonna get a chance to be mates with them afterwards, but before you know, they're not you're like your enemy, but they're not your mate. Like. You know, it's, we all know if you if you train to black belt level, definitely, and maybe at the lower belt level too. You, everyone's competing against someone they know, mm. and it's really difficult because you know them too well. Mm. Like I like, I find it hard in the gym sometimes. If, like maybe I am a nice guy. If I train with someone, say I know who's got an injury, sometimes they fill me in because I'm like I'm trying to be too nice to them. You know, like cause I'm like I'm trying not to have, yeah. make their injury worse. Yeah, and like you can't let alone in a comp when you're supposed to be like. The dream scenario for a comp is a guy you've never never competed against it before, yep. you've never met him before, you smile, you, know, you give us, yeah, you like, like if I know someone I'm competing against, right, I've, I've competed against him before, I'll go up to him before, you know, and like if I walk past him, I smile, give him a fist bump, you know, and like yeah. nod, you know, like we're not enemies, but we're, yeah. I'm not going to chat and be like, water cool chat, like, you know, how, yeah. how's your week been, you know, how's your family, I'll do that afterwards, That's you know, because it's just like, otherwise, what's your mentality, yeah. like, what, like, why are you there? I'm getting flashbacks to my last comp. We both got, a guy I fought, we both got promoted to blue belt at the same time. Yeah. And so, uh, again, he's another uh, online coach, PT down south. Um, okay. Where was it? Was it Plymouth Chetmat? I think it was Plymouth Chetmat. Okay. 
guy called Tom, really nice guy and everything, and went to the competition, and obviously, with my expectation, this competition was going to be yeah. all-star, absolute, and I wanted to get the belt at white. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I want this absolute belt. Got the promotion, I was like, oh, okay, they're just changing plans now. Yeah. And he saw me as soon as I walked through the door, started chatting, and I was just there, like, in my head, I was like, oh, I've got to fight you, I knew my first yeah. match and everything. And don't get me wrong, I won the match and stuff, which was absolutely fine, but the rest of the day, I think, where I came into this competition mentally, where I was like, I'm not going to do well on, on a new blue belt type mm. of thing. I think it would have been completely different if I just went in saying, right, let's just go and fuck someone's day up type thing and just take it from there. But I, when I compete, like I have like a part of my personality, my brain, which I can go to where I feel like a different person. Like mm. I can just be a bit of a dick. Yeah. Like not like not to hurt someone, obviously, but like I think more that like maybe some people are in that mode 24-7 when they train in the gym, but I'm a nice guy. Like and I don't like, I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to, I want to be a considerate training partner, you know, and it comes with teaching jiu-jitsu. Like you, like you, the, you, the last thing you want to be is the guy that, like, oh, how did you get hurt? Oh, the instructor, like, broke my arm. I did a rolling back take exactly. and snapped my neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's the last thing you want. Like, so, like, I like the freedom of competition. I like being able to tap into that maybe, like, mm. it's not the right word. It's not primal, but, like, that side of you is, like, I'm going to go smash someone. Like, you know, and, like, that mindset that comes with it. Like, I always remember seeing a thing from Rafa Mendes where he's, like, if you don't think you can win a competition, don't sign up. Mm. If you're there to see experience, don't sign up. Mm. Don't bother. Don't waste your money. That's like, it, go it. there, be mean. Yeah. You know, put it on them, tap them out, shake hands them afterwards, yeah, get their yeah. Instagram afterwards. You know, yeah. like, it's the closest thing that most people in their life in this day and age are ever going to have to like a fight for survival. Yeah. You know, and that dominant side of like, which is like whatever you want to call it, it's part of our like innateness as humans. You know, like yeah. a thousand years ago, if I saw you in a field. We're either going to smile and be like, hey man, you okay? Yeah. Or we're going to kill each other. Yeah. Like, you know, cause like, like, or if you like come on a ship onto the shore by my town, yeah. I'm like, problem. You know, yeah. like, and that's like, we have that in our bodies. Like, you know, like we haven't just evolved out of that in like no. 200 years. That's like when we, it's probably like 50 years since we like 100 years since we've not had to defend ourselves. Like, and like civilization, proper civilization. Yeah. Like, Second World War, maybe realistically, yeah, like it's, it's mad, and it's part of our DNA. So, like, yeah. to be able to go to like, that's why I think jujitsu is so good for people is because it's very raw. It's a chance to fight, you know. Mm. Like, you don't have to, and it's a pretty controlled chance to fight. Yeah. I mean, there are injuries, but it's not like you know you're going to get your head taken off or like that. Like, and it's a chance to like maybe tap into that a little bit. Yeah, as a part of like my person personality, I didn't even know I had a chance yeah. to be a bit aggressive. Like, and I'm probably not a very aggressive person day to day. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't be. No, like, I, it's kind of like Jordan Peterson thing. It's like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, make yourself a savage and then, like, yeah. then rein that in, you know, and don't use it. 100%. Like, if someone breaks into my house, they've probably got a problem. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, the, like, realistically, they've I think, got a big problem. I, I think that's, I can very much resonate with that. It's, again, just throughout my whole life and everything, never aggressive person. No. I've always called myself a big friendly giant to the point no. where, I don't know, someone. <laughs> I've got an ongoing joke in my own family that any any tools that I touch with the father-in-laws, I yeah. always end up breaking somehow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't yeah, want to do yeah. this to the point where it'll be putting a screw in a wall. And he's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, I'm really well going to break something. So yeah. like, I'm not trying to not get do it type of thing. But starting to do jiu-jitsu tapped into that side to then to the point of saying, if there was an altercation on the yeah. street, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to pull a gun into no. me. <laughs> but you know that however it goes, you're probably going to come out on top. Yeah, and that that was really interesting to uh, tap into and unlock. So again, I felt my confidence level Same. with myself. And it wasn't the point of going around like, boy, it's arrogance, like, just knowing that like, realistically, one-on-one against any other bloke in society, unless they do something to a really high level, mm. you're probably going to be fine. Even if there's nothing else than cardio, 
Yeah, like, someone that doesn't train is going to gas in like 10 seconds. I think Joe Rogan said about it. It's like, oh, you think you could put? I'll let you throw four punches and we'll see how you feel now. Yeah, yeah. Sudden, Most people, like, when you train with someone new in jiu-jitsu, they gas in like 30 seconds yeah. entirely. And then they're like tapping from like, not even like a horrible position. They're tapping from like closed guard because they're like, they're so tired, you know? So like, that's the thing, isn't it? And it's not an arrogance. Like, I didn't think I'm hard at all. Like, literally at all. Like, I wouldn't even want to have a fight with someone. If I go against a boxer, big problem. You know, they've got really good hands, you know? I just know that in a scenario where some crackheads broke into my house, <laughs> like, like the police will be a relief to them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because they're not going to, like, if you do it every day, yeah. like, you imagine how easy it is to sweep someone who doesn't know what jiu-jitsu is, no. you know, from, like, any bottom position. Even someone takes you down or something, like, and it catches you by surprise. They're going to be on the top for, like, one second. <laughs> Because you know how to sweep someone who's very good and resistant, yeah. not someone who's got no experience. You know, like so. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like it's a chance to be that person that maybe. It's interesting. It reminds me of a story I got told once by mm. um, someone who trains on the sweat box and stuff. I won't name him and stuff. And he said that he was driving on the motor. I think it was on the Covenant Basin, and this guy just cut up in front of him, yeah. and he started like effing and blinding. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this F guy? Right? Oh, I'm gonna fucking kick his head in." Who was it driving the car? Good old Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, he's like, I don't know like, how oblivious it would have been type thing. And he probably yeah. just waved it in mouth and was like, ah, oh, type of thing. But yeah, imagine that. But like, like, also it's that thing of like, someone like jiu-jitsu gives you confidence. Say you're in the car and like someone cuts you up, right? Yeah. And they get out of there, or I know, like, they get out of the car, some scenario like that. Maybe you're in the wrong, maybe they're in the wrong. You have that confidence to be like, sorry, man. Like, you know, like, yeah. my bad. Like, yeah. really sorry. You know, like, you can be submissive because yeah. you know there's no, you know, like, if you are insecure and nervous you want to put on that front of like I'm going to smash your face in yeah. so they don't expose that oh, weakness when I, when I go red bro <laughs> exactly if you, if you don't have that weakness yeah. against the non-training members of the public you have no reason to be mm. like I'm going to smash your face in because you know that if it happened you probably would Mad, you I could just be like, oh, like you know, you, you spill someone's pint in the pub. You yeah. can be like, I'll just buy you another one. Like, yeah, it's my bad. So what will it cost me to write? Like, I'll oh, hit twenty quid. Like, I'm really sorry, because you don't want to have a fight. In the no, pub. it's interesting because I think remember, was it? it wasn't the last UFC. I think it was about two UFC Londons ago. Me and my friend went and watched it at the Hatchet, and um, okay. he does security, door security as well. Yep. But again, we were just sat there. Like, we had a good. Pro we knew one of the guys at the pub was like, oh, I'll put on all the TVs nice. for you. Wicked, no problem. And we're just sat there eating our food, having yep. a drink, enjoying a good time. And uh, unfortunately, I've got horrendous cauliflower on this here. And uh, again, he's um, again. I think he's coming into tattoos, all that type of stuff. And the amount of people were like, "Oh, you two UFC fighters type thing." And like one guy was just ridiculously drunk and just keep on coaching. Yeah. Like, do you want to play pool? Do you want to do it? I'm like, mate, we're just here to watch the TV. We're all good. Like, Whenever we, used to, we don't do it so much now. We used to go out for like a Christmas party at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, like, we'd always go to somewhere like horrendous, like lizard lounge on the trunk <laughs> where you can get like 40 guys in, aged yeah. from like 25 to like 50 with cauliflower ears, <laughs> and like. There would always be somebody, they'd always go for someone like Nad, right, who's fought in the UFC, someone yeah. like that, because he's got cauliflower ears and he yeah. looks tough, they'd, someone, someone would be like, and he is tough, he's very, very tough, <laughs> someone would be like, oh, you know, I'll try my luck with him, and we all have to run in and be like, no, 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 like, it's just too much because it's like, you know, it's like a big target for someone who's pissed off, like, oh, if I can fill him in, all my mates will think I'm hard or whatever, and you just like, you don't understand how quickly you would die, yeah. like, you know, it would be yeah. like, in, a t in 10 seconds, you'd be in a coma, Yeah, like, <laughs> And you just think, like, you know, these people out there, like, I don't go out much anymore now. No. I don't drink, I don't go out. 
if ever. Like if I do it, so you know, I go for a meal or like a bar yeah, with my mates on my yeah, birthday. Yeah. But I never go on nights out anymore. It's because it's interesting. I think when you say when you look at like events mm-hmm. and stuff and distinguished disciplines, this is nothing against the other sports in the slightest bit. You go to a, a local boxing match, yeah. yeah, MMA somewhat, right? The crowd's there in terms of what you get, mm. yeah, compared to a jiu-jitsu match, which don't get me wrong, you have an, a person who has no idea on jiu-jitsu, it might be a completely different world to them, they're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. But I generally feel the tempo is a lot lower, and it's it, like in the case you don't get any... Boxing. No, like when you get to MMA, MMA events, it's like coke that blue belts, isn't there? Basically, yeah. <laughs> there's a 30-man there's a queue for the cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on all three. Yeah. And I remember the last time we went to one, I was like... My like my drug experience is like smoking weed when I was a teenager once yeah. or twice and being like not my bag at all and never anything else. And then being like, oh, it's a bit cute. And like the guys have been like, yeah, mate. And I was like, oh yeah, right, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, like just a little bit of my brain because I just I'm not in that world. It was like, right. it was like for a second, I was like, oh, you know, like yeah. the, maybe the food's bad here or something like that. And I was like, obviously, everyone's yeah. just keen to go in. But Mad. Like, it's like I think it's, it's just, a different vibe, isn't it? It's a massive different vibe. And I think it's because, again, to the average Joe, to throw a punch and throw a kick without any sort of technical ability, mm. can, anyone can do. Yeah. <laughs> to then actually even just pull off like a simple arm bar all of a sudden from a like, closed guard type of thing. Yeah. Majority of people are like, where do I even start type thing? And I think last time we went to Rage in Swindon, we sat in the area that's designed for kids who maybe have like autism or something like that yeah. basically behind a perspex screen so it's not so loud and it's not so like <laughs> so, like sensory overload yeah. and like there's four of us sat there ranging I think from like brown to black belt just sat there like having like having like a, a beer yeah. sat behind this perspex screen looking down on the room and fighting and being like this is close enough <laughs> this is fine I'm not being in that room like I mean we were just sat there and we were like you know we were just like I don't think I could deal with being in uh, that mate. yeah exactly it's one of the things I enjoy doing but wake cuts for people and then luckily enough I normally get invited to just go in their warm up area type of thing mm. and I can just normally like, Behind the scenes is probably fine, isn't it? Yeah, like, I have to deal with it because at the end of the day, you get the same thing of like, I got no problem with conversation with people in the slightest bit, but it's the, always, I'd probably say it's the, it's the Connor era of going, I do UFC. Yeah. Do you now? Okay, yeah. cool. It's also not that long that like UFC people used to like boo and it went to the floor and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's like, different vibe, different, different vibe. vibe. Um, final question we had, obviously, is we normally get uh, the previous guest to ask the question and obviously oh, yeah. we'll ask you the same thing. All right. Uh, so the question we've got for you is, uh, if you could be any peep show character, who would they be and why? I'd probably have to be Chaz. Yeah. Like just I think like I'd probably relate to him being tall. <laughs> like <laughs> Peep Show is an amazing show. I'm not sure if I actually fully relate to anyone on that show. Yeah. But yeah, it's a classic show. Wicked. Right. We'll we'll leave it on this one final question. I yeah. hope it won't be too long for this one. Uh, what's an unpopular jujitsu opinion that you have? Yeah, so I thought about it, so we talked about it. Like definitely a few things. Like I reckon Asking anyone else for money for competitions—that's <laughs> definitely a massive peppy of mine. Like whether it's like for kids or for adults, like we talked before, like made, make a champ of that stuff. Like if you're raising money for like you've had a really like curveball health condition mm. and you just like you need help for the treatment or something like that, or yeah, house, your roof falling down in your house, no problem whatsoever. Support that till the end of the end of the world. And same as we've supported kids from like the favela and been like terror raise project in Brazil, like Jonathan Marquez Montano. I think he won worlds when we sent him over there. Like, I will happily support that. But yeah. when it's like, I want to compete, I can't afford to compete, yeah. you better make me, make me able to do that. Or like, MMA, I need my like brain scans, they're £900. Like, I need to fix my kitchen wall that's like, leaky, like, you know, that's £900. It's like, I don't understand how people have the nerve to, to be like, I want other people to pay for something that I yeah. do as a hobby. It's not even your job most of the time. No. Like, even, even if it is, like, 
I can't imagine asking someone like I'm full time in jiu-jitsu being like, oh yeah, I want to go do like world, so I want other people to pay for it. Yeah. It's like, well, do, you're clearly like, if you can't support yourself with the career you're doing, do another career. Yeah. Like, let's, let's be real. You look at the UFC fighters, right? Especially, let's take Arnold Adams, yeah. right? I'm pretty much sure that I think as of 12 months ago, right, mm. I saw in his stories where he's working on a scaffolding site. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right? Because even though he's, his name's obviously come up through ranks and that yeah. type of stuff, right, he's probably within the top 10 of doing this, yeah? yeah. He still needs his own he, But he's a legit stuff. talent and he's got like a record to back that up. If yeah. it, it, he can ask that question, I think, personally. I can, if he's saying like, I can't afford my next camp, whatever, can anyone help me? Fine. If you've got a very well-proven track record at a pro level, then that's one thing. But he's but still like, working. That's the thing. hundred percent. But I'm on about like casual part-time participants or people that like train. Like I know I've trained twice a day for a long period of my training jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's hard, but you see, I still work. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you want it, go get it. Go get like, it. Yeah. like, maybe it's just that culture we said that sponsors is one thing. I know a lot of guys don't make it sponsors from local businesses. I'm, I've got no issue with stuff. Like that. I'm on about people literally putting on their social media. Hey, to my mates, you know, like, will you, will you pay me? It's like, well, why should I? Like, yeah. why should I pay for you to do something you're like a hobby? And also, a lot of times it's a hobby that people are shit at. <laughs> like, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? Like, okay, like I'm going to have to clip that. That reminds me of Craig Jones. People think they're jiu- good at jiu-jitsu. But like, there's something they're shit at. Like, like, that's why jiu-jitsu needs a qualification system that's going in that direction. Yeah. Like, if you're like, it, like, then people who are legitimately the best at what they do, mm. but maybe do have financial issues, come from underprivileged backgrounds, can get that support. Yeah. And that's what it should be there for. If you come from a council estate and there's no way you can afford, your family can afford to send you to like Worlds in California, you should get financial support. Mm. If you're like a fairly well-off middle-class kid who really likes jiu-jitsu but doesn't want to have to pay for it, you shouldn't get it paid for you. Like yeah. I would have done so much better at competitions and done so many more competitions if I just had unlimited money. Yeah. But yeah. you like you can't ask people like people go, oh, I, I, we want to send this lad to the Worlds. It's to be fifteen hundred quid. So like start a GoFundMe or you could just work two nights a week in a supermarket yep. and I know that loads of the guys I train with have the same opinion yeah it wouldn't surprise me it takes much of like, like Crocker right yeah. he's quite an outspoken member of the Jiu-Jitsu community <laughs> yeah. but he's come from very little you know in terms of like his background like growing up he's got a very good job now you know he's a teacher and he's like he agrees with me like on this 100% he's the one sending me these things like, <laughs> I don't just feel at all like, he, like we, we share the same opinion that it's like you know if you say like I've been told I've got a year to live. There's this treatment in Germany that I can have that's going to massively increase my chance of survival, but it's 20 grand. Yep. You know, I have no issue giving money to that whatsoever mm. because if I was in that position or someone in my family's in that position and they couldn't afford it, I'd say do the same. Yep. What have you got to lose? Might as well. Yeah. Like, but when it's something that's a luxury mm. and, and like everyone else is out there grafting to get what they want in life, yeah. I just think it's like that. It's, it's another example of that. Like, I can't be asked for, to like graft for it. I'm just going to get someone else to do it for me. It's the same people that honestly don't want you get, I don't know, you support them in some sort of way. Let's say, I don't mm. know, you offer a couple more prizes with them. Mm. Yeah, they'll turn up late. Yeah, or just like, it's just that thing of wanting it for free. Yeah. I don't want to have to pay for that. Why should I have to pay for that? Yeah. Like, you can pay for that. The way I look at it is if I couldn't get to Worlds, I'll go, right, what's the next biggest competition closest to it? Can I afford yeah. that? What well, like, realistically, and le- like, no matter what you, where you're at in life, if you can't afford to go to Worlds, you shouldn't be going. Mm. You know, like, I'm not on about like these kids from Brazil in the favela. They, they, you know, that's a different story. But like, if yeah. you're from here and like, you haven't got your finances straight enough, you've got all your credit cards maxed, you're in your overdraft, like, you shouldn't be going. Like, mm. that's, I, I hate this. I, like, the other thing I hate is this fucking thing about everyone, like, oh, but it's my dream. Yeah, it's my dream to live in like a 17 bedroom house with a Ferrari. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's like, 
That's where we are, guys, at the moment, by the way. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> this is be- where Bedroom number right 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's, I've got, like, oh, it's my dream to do this. It's like, well, show me a singular thread of evidence that shows you're in that, going in that direction. Mm. You know, like, if you've gone to Worlds three times and you've got silver medals three times at adult, you know, then I'm fully on board with saying, all right, help you out a bit. Yeah. You are showing all the signs. Well, you've got bronze, maybe, then you've got silver. Yeah. And then you've got silver again, you know, and you're, like, you're right on that cusp, maybe. But when it's like, oh, I've been to Worlds like four times and I've lost every fight. Yeah. First round. You go, you're clearly not at that level. No. And there's no, there's no evidence that you should I, be there. I don't even think if they were that and they were having that, that type of experience where they're getting bronze four times and obviously asking for... Someone else is paying I generally feel you would see chinks in their armour, I think, in the sense that they wouldn't be training three times a day. They wouldn't yeah. be doing all these extra things to try and help with their recovery and all that type mm. of stuff. Most of the time I find that the people who are putting in all the work and doing everything and I, and I will ha- happily hold my hand up and say the three people that we sponsor being Will, Carson and Mark yeah. put a shift in like, yeah, yeah, all the time but right? those guys are not those guys like, also I think you find a lot of the time those guys that are on the verge of that aren't asking for help no. they're, they're self-motivated they're making Massively. it happen like you're not going to find those people not putting in the work no. like not just on the mats but like in life to Even get to where they need to be like to it. someone like Carson or someone like those guys, they're not going, ah, oh, I can't go to Worlds. They're going, what do I need to do, do to go to Worlds? Yeah. And like that option, not Carlson, but like might be like doing a, a GoFundMe. But most of the time, those guys are so self-motivated. They go, no, I'm going to like, I, I like, I'm doing all my oh. training twice a day, two days a day. Are you real? I haven't seen any of them do a GoFundMe. No, 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 of course <laughs> not. Like, like those guys, definitely not. Like as in like, I don't know what Carlson does outside of Jiu-Jitsu, but I can imagine being like, well, I'm going to get a job in a supermarket two nights a week mm. because this is what I need to do to get to where I need to be. Yeah. You know, like, You've got to have enough, like, like girls like that, yeah, they're not doing that shit. Like, it's the people who get smoke blown at their ass, whatever, or something, you're going to be amazing, you know, like, oh, you need to go to, it's like, you, you can only go to the comps you can afford to go to. It's not sustainable to go to seven. If you can't pay for it, then, like, I know loads of guys who are really good level competitors, like Lloyd Cooper, mm. excellent competitor, I'm pretty sure, definitely has, and I'm pretty sure he still does have a day job. Yeah. You know, loads of guys I know have day jobs, yeah. really good competitors. You know, achieve a lot, like because they know that they can't achieve what they want to achieve without financial backing. It's interesting. I just thought that then, though, like if they're going to Worlds and wanted to go to Worlds, I'd be expecting them to be smashing every single local competition. That's well. the other thing as well. If you've got no evidence, if you can't win a local comp, what are you doing going to the big comps? Yeah, like because it's not as if it's going to be a walk in the park. <laughs> no, exactly. Like I went to Europeans as a blue belt in 2014 with very little success in the like local scene. Just because everyone was going, and I and yeah. I knew that I could afford to go. I made, I funded it myself, and I was like, I'm just going because it's something I want to do. And then I, when I went to you as a previous, like the late times at Purple and Brown, but I didn't have a lot of success. But I was doing well at local stuff. You know, I won like yeah. London Open. I was yeah. So I went to do a Purple bat, and I lost my first match by an advantage. You know, and I was like, I'm not the best guy here, but I'm. I'm also when you lose by advantages, you're not. You know, you're not like, you know, over if, if seven minutes at like advantages you know you're not getting smashed you know you're not miles off so like yeah. there's some good like a feedback like, i knew i yeah. did the right but if you're like getting murdered in your local jiu-jitsu matches you don't need to like and i'm I like and it, and it falls into that same bullshit of like oh but you're crushing my dreams it's like you you can have every dream you want right you can if you if you were a millionaire and you go i'm gonna do every comp on the IBJF circuit because i can afford to you Fine. crack on go yeah but don't sell this bullshit that like you know that you're going to be the next big thing, you're really important, your career. Like, you know, they talk about their career when they compete on local comps. I'm like, you work in a day job and it, like, you do it for a hobby. It's not your career. 
There's no career. Going like, sub, he's going sub Karen in the co- in the co- like, in the in the cafeteria for a coffee. I'll be more funny. Yeah, you don't have a career. Just, you do yeah. you do a day, but this is your hobby. Yeah. Like if I went to a local badminton comp, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's my badminton career. You just be like, I just do it for a hobby because it's fun. Like yeah, you're definitely coming up in dodgeball gear. Like yeah, like this. I just <laughs> invented. Like people's like. I think it's just all the highlight reels. People are like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the next big thing. Like, mm. and you go like, if you're going to be, you would be. Mm. Makes sense, man. It's it, like I said, it's a, a very hot topic, obviously, yeah. with that, and there's only so much you can do with it. But, um, dude, uh, we're actually coming up literally yeah. two hours. Which is Sweet, mental. you better call it time. Um, I was going to say, do you want to give a shout out to any of your sponsors and yeah, stuff? Yeah, like massive that? thank you to Tatami for all the kit, best kit in the business, in my opinion. Like, and they're a local business as well, they're in South Wales, so if you, yeah. it's a great company to support on oh, every level. We'll put your discount code in the Amazing. description as well. Thank you, massive thank you to, to Trojan for the protein, like I said. Matthew and Julie, like they have no reason to sponsor me other than just being the nicest people in the world. Yeah, and they might sponsor me for years now. He just top bloke, top gym. Wouldn't re- wouldn't like hesitate to recommend them to, to anyone as well. Also, thank you to everyone at Sweatbox because that's why I work and had an amazing team around us, so supportive. And yeah. lastly, thank you to Pedro. Yeah, like a, t- a twelve year thank you for <laughs> my entire like jujitsu education. So. Yeah, and everyone and my family and everyone that supports me, like I mentioned. So, no and thank you to you for having me on the podcast. No, worries. well, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. No um, I'm sure obviously we'll be interviewing uh, a lot of the other black belts in yeah, the circuit. Yeah, uh, it's definitely on my mind, on my mind for a little bit. Um, but yeah, obviously thanks for coming on, mate. Cool. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. No worries. All right. Thanks, man. Bosh.